how very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. Don't you want a world of unconditional love and brotherhood? We have the secrets to self-improvement. You can join us and be special. Join our elite mission to save the world. Since the death of God, there's been a vacancy open. You could fill that void. Here's how. We'll title this tape. Welcome to the Cult of Comics. Have you guys uh, watched the trailer for the new Thor yet? I saw the first oh, one. Oh, yeah, I'm right. Watching any more yeah, trailers. I'm not watching any more. It's a month out. Uh, I watched the first minute of the new trailer, and then I stopped after I saw Christian Bale. Yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, I actually should hold off because this looks really good. Yeah. My brother still called I saw and told the... me about that part. He's like, okay. oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw these. I saw the stills of him in character, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the video. Um, somebody online made an interesting comment, which was, you know, hey, you can either complain about how he doesn't look ex- like 100% comic book accurate, or you can be thankful that they dumped the money into an actor that can actually do a damn good job with that character instead as of into the makeup. And appreciate that. You know, so I mean, I've got no problem with it. As long as they let yeah. him do what he, he's he going looks... to do, as opposed yeah. to being held back by the studio or you know the role kind of written dumb. You know, we had our yeah, we had our uh, complaints about Mickey Rourke. Ugh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, Mads Mikkelsen did what he could with Doctor Strange. I mean, it wasn't like that was such bullshit though. It wasn't like, mind blowing good, but too... like. He had some great stuff in there. The whole, like, Mr. Yeah, Doctor. But at the same time, like, it's exactly what you said. Like, it is... It, it is that limitation because... Okay, imagine if they, for some fucking reason, whatever, they had Daniel Day-Lewis and they stifled him as much as they did those two actors alone. You know? I mean, there's... There's a point when you have to ask yourself, which what am I prioritizing? Am I pri- prioritizing the idea of this or the actual money um, product the art. yeah Sean you were saying something he looks fine well like, I don't get why people being so salty so he doesn't have the like Ahsoka neck tentacle things or whatever yeah no, I, I mean I, who, I, who I was really refer knows this well. character anyway most people I mean I do familiar. But I, you were but like I, I remember when it was announced yeah, Christian Bale's gonna well. play this character and everyone was like who yeah, well, it's a newer character, so I get that there's gonna all the normies are gonna be like, huh? But I mean, when that first came out, that that twelve issue series or like the first twelve issues of that arc was so it's, good. It's Jason Aaron's best work, hands down. Nobody can argue that, honestly. Yeah. Um. After that, it kind of got, you know, crazy about his. I. Yeah, I hated the next arc with Malekith. I didn't really Again. mind it terribly. It's just more of that, like... I, I don't know. I, I felt like it wasn't at that punch as it was those first 12 issues, you know? And I don't know if that's yeah. just because they switched artists or Jason Aaron realized that he was... It could be. I don't know. He strikes me as the kind of author who is... When he finds really good success, he might uh, panic a little bit and then be like, fuck, how do I one-up this, you know? It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me. Not to say that he's an awful author in any way but he definitely has a lot of moments where it's like eh, I don't know did you read Punisher this week no 
I liked it more than I thought I was going to, but I definitely have those same complaints as the before. Um, there was a lot more as a seta uh, this issue, but Aaron has this really bad habit of wanting way, 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 way too hard to put way, way, way too much into like the lore and past of a character. Um, he kind of did the same thing with the Avengers, where you know I don't need a one million BC Avengers. It's cool in concept, and I know they aren't the like official Avengers and everything, but structurally it just is it's it's a lot of forcing into those unnecessary yeah. ideals you know what i mean like you don't need to have phoenix be thor's mom i get that it's cool in like a comic booky kind of way but like just calm down yeah like i hated all the stuff he added in issue two with like punisher killing animals and stuff as a child whatever the fuck it was uh actually uh it gets explained even more with this one so like in this one well josh did you read it what Josh didn't read any no. of it, Tyler. You always ask him if he reads stuff. He I'm trying to give him an opportunity. I care about him. I want to give him a chance to speak with the group. Um, so in this one, it reveals his first murder uh, of a person as a child. And the justification actually is not bad. It actually... It, it doesn't really ruin the character necessarily, but it still feels really unnecessary. I don't know. It's very strange. Yeah. You know what? This is a good point. Why don't we just hop right into it? Does that sound good? Sure. Cool. Welcome to the Cult of Comics podcast. If you've never been on the show before, we are a comic book media podcast where we talk about comic book related things. We are continuing to do the merger, and today I am joined by Sean Walsh and Josh Craven. How's it going, boys? Are are we Good. merging together? We are all merging together, much in the same way that Batman and Superman... We're just becoming... Becoming. Did you see that news about Batman and Superman? Which news? No. There's images everywhere right now. So Dan Mora... Apparently, oh right, yeah, that artwork piece for World's Finest. Oh yeah, yeah. Why do people care? Well, people like to pick out these like little teeny tiny things and then do articles about them. Which hopefully, hey CBR, if you're hiring me, mm. I'm looking forward to writing a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, um, today is Monday, May thirtieth. We're doing this a little bit later than usual, and it's still pretty light on news and comic books this week. So we're going to be doing another merger here, uh, a fusion, if you will. And we are probably just going to talk about stuff right now because it is really light. We do have a little bit of a list, um, but I think, uh, did you guys want to talk about the more recent, like most like controversial bit of news about Obi-Wan first? I guess. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I know enough about it. Um, the... Okay, so I think the appropriate way for me to frame this would be uh, recently there's been another mass shooting in America uh, that has been a heavy draw of attention in the news. Yeah. Uh, it has been the uh, Uvalde, uh, Texas shooting where uh, ele an el elementary school was shot up. 19 children were killed, including uh, two or three teachers, I believe. Uh, or sorry, 21 total, uh, including yep. three teachers. And the shooting has sparked up that conversation about gun reform again uh and it's been almost 10 years since sandy hook uh so it is re-sparking a lot of old feelings and unfortunately the timely nature of the release of obi-wan episode one uh opens with the massacre of 
uh, children. Uh, and I think that that's specifically uh, execute order 66. whatever when Ant... Yes, that's it. That's literally what it the opens women up and with. Children and I too. haven't... Yeah, literally. So you were talking earlier about how Stranger Things has that trigger warning on right. the beginning because at right. least with that one, you know, you... There you, was also you, like a mass sort of death scene. I haven't had a chance. It's been a long weekend. We've done a lot of stuff. I haven't had a chance to watch Stranger Things yet. But here in the U.S., you know, they had, they have a trigger warning that pops up before the first episode. Uh, I think it's just for the U.S. Sean didn't see it at all, so he had no idea. There's no trigger he warning. When I was no. talking about the trigger warning, that it was for Obi Wan Kenobi. No, it's for Stranger Things. Yeah, I remember the scene you're it, talking it's about. It's strange now. that they both contain the same material, but you know, they say for Stranger Things, they're like, we wrote this, we filmed it, you know, over a year ago, you know. And, you know, here we have this warning uh, in light of, you know, the recent news, recent events. Yeah, and that's a basic, it's not necessarily an apology, but kind of just like a, hey, we hey, really didn't intend for this to coincide with We're going to let you other. know this has happened. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's kind of necessary considering the circumstances of, you know, where we are. It's, it's, uh, you, Sean, you disagree? It shouldn't need to be necessary. Why not? Well, no, it shouldn't Control be. Control your fucking guns. Yeah. No, that's the problem, though, is, like, it shouldn't need to be necessary, but that's the state of America, this right? This year in your country, more children have died in school shootings than police officers have been killed in the line of duty. Correct. That's 100% well, correct. most of those uh, um, police officer deaths were from COVID. Yeah, uh, more police officers died of COVID because they refused to get the vaccine uh, than in the line of duty this year. Yeah, 100% true. I think it was like two thirds of that. Something uh, like that. Some 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 number like that. But, um, I mean, that being, we've had a conversation before about you know releasing things with the timely nature of things in mind. I mean, do you remember when Bendis wanted to hold off on releasing some comic at some point uh, because of? Uh, the things going on around uh, uh, Ukraine. Yeah. There's a uh, I don't even remember a longer lead was. time for that. This is yeah things that you're streaming and they're able to edit that. Even you know movies that get sent to a theater that are digital. Uh, the company, the production companies can uh, send updates to the film if there's yeah. things that need to be changed or updated. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when 9-11 happened and a bunch of movies either were pulled from theater or they were just, like, dropped entirely because yeah. they had something to do with plane crashes? Yeah. There was a similar question uh, about The Matrix uh, after Colorado. I remember that. Mm -hmm. A lot of films like that were uh, coming into question for, uh, for that exactly. Lilo and Stitch. I just remember right. this. Yeah, Actually, that had, had an be, entire sequence. Yeah, the whole animation had to be redone. Yep. They actually released the original, like yeah, storyboard animation style. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, it's. I mean, what do you even say to that? It's just, it's just a. Unintentional. Well, what do yeah, they call that? It's like it's the zeitgeist. When things kind of go into the sphere and all of a sudden, like, it just manifests in a certain regard, almost. You know, because there's been plenty of films that have had 
you know, shootings, airplane crashes yeah. into buildings, you know, acts of terrorism, etc. And then slightly every once in a while, some of that comes to yeah. well, uh, I mean, into the state of reality. Walking on glass, you're trying not to offend anybody in a, you know, stressful time. Yeah. And now that you're, I, you know, far enough away from it, we can say, hey, this is what we were going to do or what we had. And here's a little bit of it. You can watch it now. And hopefully the, you know, feelings aren't so fresh that it's, you know, going to trigger something. Yeah. See, I feel like this is more than okay to release something that's like, hey, we're still going to release this, but please give a heads up. Yeah. And I'll tell you what I'm actually seeing online that's like actually disturbing. Have you guys ever played Modern Warfare 2? No. The yeah, I know what you're going to say, the no Russian. Level. Exactly. It's it's made a dramatic resurgence online and people are sharing videos of it. And I've never seen it before. I find it really fucked up people are talking about it now after all of this. Is Counter-Strike pretty quiet these days? I think people actually I think people still play Counter-Strike, but do. I don't know if But there was yeah. like a heavy uh Russian population uh on the game. Well, so Sean, why don't you explain to him what no Russian is? Um so in the game your character is undercover in a Russian militia group and you walk through an airport basically just taking out everyone except Russian people. And it's it's a very brutal level. You're literally just walking, shooting innocent people. And it's like civilians. And for some reason, that's made a lot of resurgences online. Uh, I mean, I've seen it on TikTok. It's YouTube. weird how it's weird how big a deal that is. Well, considering like games like Grand Theft Auto, you can just like um, kill everyone, and then this is like oh, trigger warning because you have to kill some a, people. That, was that a recent like, game? That's the whole point of the game. No, this is like 2010. Okay. I mean, you got to remember that, like, when Grand Theft Auto came out, people were also having that conversation. I think the difference is that there wasn't a specific mission where they're like, "Go murder innocent people," you know? Yeah, there was well, never that level of mission for that. Yeah. People were just doing it anyway. Do you remember um, a couple of years back, some piece of shit uh, created a video game that was uh, called Active Shooter, where you play a school shooter? No. God, I'm really happy that fucking I thought guy you were gonna mention something like uh, Postal. Okay, it's actually funny you mentioned that because I... Th when you look at the way that that game was done, it's tasteless, obviously, but the way that it was handled following that, kind of humorous in a way. Yeah. You know, I at least can recognize that it's like making fun of the, the state of America to a degree, you know? Yeah, and, and that was movie. back, uh, what, around 2000? Yeah, it was. Yeah, so it was before a lot of the normalized things that we have now, you know? Mm. Do you remember, Did you ever see the movie for that? Um, no, I, I'm i familiar with the movie. Uh, but I think it, it was done by Uwe Boll. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy's weird. Postal, that was like 2005. That was a long time ago. It's a ridiculous film. It literally opens up with... Uh, yeah. Yeah, it opens. It, the, Sean, you might appreciate this. The opening time. is quite literally the 9/11 hijackers like having a conversation and making jokes and being like, "Wait, I don't want to die." Hey, guys, we got good news. We're we're gonna land the plane, and then the passengers tackle them, and then the plane crashes. Yeah. Somehow they got That's J.K. Simmons in there. They did. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. Jeez. You bulls hmm. are a weird, dude. That. 
That sounds like a Family Guy sketch. It could have been. You know, having this conversation, Josh, do you think that America's kind of fucked up? A little bit. We're all a little fucked up. But some are Maybe more a little bit more fucked up, fucked up than, up than usual. Um, yeah. It's kind of like Animal Farm. Yeah, I'm going to say, all fucked up, yeah. Some of us are my more country's... fucked up than others. Yeah, because my country's fucked up too, but like, at least kids aren't dying in schools in my country. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. I'm, I'm hesitant to actually start Obi-Wan now. Because yeah. of it, like I'm still going to watch it right now. I'm just like hesitant still in the be, moment. It, Don't, you know, maybe why, it's good, maybe it's bad, but it can still be good in your mind. You know, no, no, no. I'm not hesitant much. about the. I'm not hesitant about the children. I'm hesitant to be reminded of Hayden Christensen. Oh, I'm I'm fine with Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Apparently he's back. Like. Yeah. Yeah. His casting's been announced a long time. It's crazy, and they still he, haven't announced who's going to play Moon it could be Hayden so Christensen. Hayden, Christ- Hayden Christensen's not a bad actor. Really it's just not. that script he was given to work with yeah. was just awful. No, it was god-awful. Tyler, hmm. could Daniel Day-Lewis deliver the line, I don't like sand, it's coarse and rough and irritating, and gets everywhere, yeah. not like here where I mean, if you can deliver, I drink your milkshake, and have it be, you know, like, you can feel it. Intimidating to the point where I want to watch that scene like before I fall asleep every night for fourteen mm. days straight. Yes, absolutely. Did I watch that movie fourteen like, times at straight? Yes, absolutely, I did. Like even Ewan McGregor's acting in those movies was bad. Mm. I don't blame any of the cast in that movie at all for anything. The first two films were really, really, really bad. I would say that the third one was dramatically better, but that's mostly because they finally is, got to is the point. The, yeah, it's the best of the bunch, but was, uh, still not Is good. Ahmed... Excuse me. Is Ahmed Best uh, back for this? Is Ahmed no. Best? Who is Ahmed Best? Somebody tell me. He played... Jar Jar. He played Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Okay, it's really weird you say that because I've been having nightmares about Jar Jar Binks ever since I heard about Hayden Christensen coming back for this film. I keep yeah. getting images of, of shirtless Jar Jar Binks saying Misa Daddy Now coming up in the middle of the Excuse me. What the fuck is wrong with you? I saw one bad meme on Tumblr and it's just been it's been ruined for me. Oh, it's, thanks, oh, Tumblr. it's 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 archive footage of Jar Jar Binks in the show. That's fine. Um, yeah, the show opens with like a previously on kind of thing, and it's just like it's like a four minute long supercut of the prequels. Jeez, it gets everything important in there. It's the best fan edit so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys see the uh, upcoming releases uh, for the uh, Sony films? Uh, are we are we memeing right now or? talking about actual releases i'm actually well i was asked i was asking about like the black cat film because i haven't seen anything updated lately about you know Is there was i have no idea the, Jones the latest information was from last month or earlier this month with uh CinemaCon, where they talk about venom 3 and the next spider-man film or a cro- spider and Spider-Man favorite character uh but the Black Cat film, or whatever it's titled, is supposed to come out next July, right? Apparently, but and that's what somehow I'm it's not because in production. I, I mean, I have no clue whatsoever because the last time I heard something about this was like in 2021, I think. So, 
Um, they keep talking about Anya Taylor-Joy coming back uh, and doing something with Sony. So, I mean, they're obviously eyeballing her for a role something. I mean, for all we know, that could be Silver Sable, if that's still being done as well. I don't understand how these are continuing, <clears throat> considering the nature of how much people are making fun of Morbius, you know? Yeah. What was the... I don't even know what the numbers were for Morbius at this point. Obviously, the memes are really funny, but, like, what's the actual... It made 100, 160 million. Oh, uh, yeah, that's about where I said it would be. I said it would be Yes, Josh, between... we understand. I You're knew so what was going to happen. 163 million. Oh, man, that China release just killed it, you know? No China release? Ugh, can't... Can't... Can't afford any more movies. That was internationally too. That's not even the domestic, which is fifty-seven million. Jesus. Yeah. Um. Oh, sorry. I'm looking at you. I don't know why this uh, Wikipedia page includes Canada. Seventy-three point three million in the United States and Canada. I think that's just a North American release or something. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Normally they they just say U.S. I don't know uh, many pages that include Canada. Jeez. Yeah, I don't really understand why they would... <laughs> there's, there's a whole uh, section on the Wikipedia about internet memes. <laughs> there's not. Yes, there is. All about it's <laughs> Mormon time. Oh, man. Or uh, the low-hanging fruit, more billion, dollar, more billion dollars. The Polygon wrote that the film became a kind of collective internet hate watch. Uh, apparently, Morbius has suffered the but second worst you guys... box office drop in the superhero genre right after NBA legend Shaquille O'Neal's Steel from 1997. Oh, boy. How can you even compare that? <sighs> I know. It's a night and day difference. Steel was my did childhood. You... Did you hear that they that cut Kazam. out the Spider-Man reference from... Sean, you, you're uh, that post not coming through. I'd accidentally muted it at some point. Good job. Um, yeah. Um, did you hear that they cut out the post-credits reference to Spider-Man? Yeah, you mentioned that in the chat. Why did they... Because <laughs> they realised Andrew Garfield wasn't coming back. <laughs> well, that's the theory, at least. I mean, at this point, I can't, you just have to ask yourself, like, what are they doing? Because there's no plan. There's no solid, like, success for this universe they're not actually bringing in any of these villains or characters. Is Vulture even going to come back to the Spider-Man anything there at this no point? Plan. Like this exactly. So what the fuck? They even cut out that there poster. There is no plan at all. The poster where he's like yeah. the murderer, it's gone. And and the Oscorp building and all yeah. the Daily Bugle references. I mean, I can't help but wonder if it's, you know, maybe that film must have like a Lord of the Rings level um edit uncut edition. Yeah. God. Yeah. I really don't need a three-hour-long Morbius. <laughs> yes, you oh, do. Yes. Only if he screams it's Morbin time at the end. That's all I it's want. It's what the world needs. Oh, <laughs> it's what plants uh, need. There's still the uh, Craven the Hunter film that's going to be coming out in January. I'm oh, excited. That actually exists. I'm super hyped. They've been filming that. To see it's, my it's representation in a movie. I hate you. Did you I, see who they cast? As Craven, yes, big old Me. sexy Quicksilver. Me, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Everyone, you know Everyone's what? gonna think of me. Remember Listen, me. You may be as hairy as Craven, 
But yeah. unless you grow out that mustache, I don't want to. I don't want to hear it. So oh grow out the God, mustache. It, it, Do it, it Josh. It tickles my lips. That's okay. The wife will like it. Yeah. Twenty-five cents. Who the fuck thought Aaron Taylor Johnson would be a good? Have you pick? seen how Who buff the... he got for uh, Tenet? You're like, dude, take the, you know, uh, beat. Take... I forgot he was even I... in Tenet. He did nothing in yeah, that. Yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot he was in that too. Holy crap, that's like a. That's gone. That's yeah, because he memory. got so jacked up. You're like, oh wait, that's Aaron Taylor Johnson. He disappeared into that role that. almost as much as Colin Farrell disappeared into the Penguin. That's. <laughs> No, no, I hate you. <laughs> Have you seen oh my the like, God, makeup this, process? This behind-the-scenes picture looks... No, I haven't. This looks I want to see the makeup process for the Penguin. They literally give him like a like a cul-de-sac before they do anything, and then they applied the face, and then they applied uh, the scarring and everything else. It's it's incredible what they yeah. did with him. Oh my I had God. somebody... Look at the, pic- look at the picture yeah. I just sent to the chat. That's a... That's a still from the behind-the-scenes of can we Can we make uh, white conda a thing? Oh my god. <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson is the Black Panther. Yeah. That's what this is going to turn into. This uh, is going to be all there, those guys There are already up. memes about that, where they like put his Yeah, but face. it's going to be Ryan Gosling, usually. Okay. That whole thing. Have you not seen that already? Ryan, Ryan Gosling is Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, like in response oh, to all the characters that yeah. have been like race switched. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff. Okay, uh, the Black Cat film is actually a Madam Web film. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, and that's sure. supposed there to come out Black July seventh, and that was announced in April. They're like fourteen months from now. This year? No, twenty twenty three. They're like fourteen months oh from gosh. now. We will birth the film to you. Somehow. I shouldn't say birth because it seems like, like that- I'm being hard on women but it it's we're gonna have a film ready in 14 months and it takes a it takes much longer than that to have How a, you i don't think you have Josh. to worry about that because i don't think women actually hold on to a birth for 14 months i think that's a whale like that you're thinking of i don't, <laughs> I don't think women really watch this show <laughs> that's our key demographic there the uh the uh 35 to 50 women Hey, let me ask you, uh, you an interesting hypothetical question here. So I was having a conversation with somebody about um, comic books that women read versus comic books that men read. Yep. And somebody made the whole comment about like male gaze versus female gaze, which, sure, I guess I can kind of see that. But I guess I was curious what you guys picture as something that you've seen mostly like women uh, tend to lean towards versus like what men tend to read. Because what I've think- seen is... Go ahead. I mean, I can say what my wife reads. Sure. Yeah, I mean, she read Doctor Who, Catwoman. Uh, there was that Mamo uh, comic uh, from a few months back. Uh, I read that and she read it too. Mm-hmm. But things of that nature. I feel like one that I've seen is pretty wide has a wide uh grasp a wide net of an audience is going to be saga but i i've noticed that that's a comic book that a lot that's of cheating. Yeah. cheat it is cheating because it's just it appeals to everyone so i guess the reason why i say that is because i've known when i worked at a comic book shop i've known a lot of women who were introduced to comics with saga and then started getting into more as time went on they started reading um, pretty deadly and then from there they went on yeah. to read um, some American Vampire you know uh, eventually they would read hey guys hmm. guys 
do you know this movie that's really popular with both women and men? Yes, it is. Um, Avatar. I hate you. <laughs> the Last Airbender? What a classic. Atla. When he stabs that fish. Oh my god. Such a good scene. Um, so maybe more in is like that the, the horror movie genre. Made? Or the murder mystery. I don't know. I know uh, some women that like uh, art like Ben Templesmith. I could see that. You know, I actually see a lot of women read Batman. Mm. A lot lately. It's because he's hot. That's it. That it's, there's no other reason. That's it. It's just that Batman's hot. Espe- especially when Mikhail Hanin draws him. <laughs> Big old sexy Mikhail Hanin and Bat, Bat Daddy. Um, that being said, like, what do you think is like a masculine comic? Because I, when I think of like the boys dude bro comics like yeah honestly genuinely though and most anything Garth Ennis <coughs> my little pony <laughs> you joke but mostly it's been men that I see read that comic <laughs> it wasn't a joke the amount of grown bronies that I sold that comic book to that came in and they always had like the Michael Jackson voice and they would just be like I just really like his characters <laughs> <laughs> that's like not even a joke that was a whole experience that I had and I was like that's great man I'm really happy that this makes you happy and he's like what's your favorite character and he's doing like this little dance like asking me and I'm like I don't read the comic book man sorry we're getting I don't know where we're going at this point sorry the Adderall hasn't I don't know where you're going nowhere at all uh, this is just like me just going oh off my god guys we can't point. forget the El Muerto film El Muerto that's not gonna happen there's no way <laughs> If I hope it happens just because I will go to the theatre opening day to see that movie just because I know it will be a once in a lifetime experience that should be, a, uh, so, that should be like in uh, coordination with the WWE and just get like Stone Cold Steve Austin every wrestler from the 90s just like Triple H is in this film I would be fine with that Speaking just like how how did that go green I, I don't even know at this point I feel like they're just shitting into a bucket and then just throwing it at a wall and saying here's a film um, did you see that CM Punk and Brian Michael Bendis are doing something together no yeah they just posted a picture on social media saying like hey we did it and that's like them at a con I think they're doing a Dark Horse comic or something I don't know considering it's Bendis I think I'll pass yeah I, I know if... you don't have taste anyways if CM Punk is doing a comic, then we've kind of reached. We've already reached that full saturation when people like outside of the comic industry are like, "Oh, I can get in." If Keanu Reeves can do it, anybody can. <laughs> Tyler, did you just say I don't have taste? Hmm? Sorry, I can't hear you past those did tiny you little say lips. I, did you say I don't like? Did you say I don't have <laughs> Sean taste? Sean has yes. COVID. He doesn't. He does. There it is. Um, tell me, what were your thoughts on that Joy Operations book? It was okay. You wrote recently. It was okay. It was not great. Was it okay? It was okay. Not great. Not great. Not the fantastic. Was no. it not great or was it okay? It well, was nobody's reading tolerable. it. Now. It was fine. Um, what was your opinion on his Justice League stuff? I would rather read his Justice League stuff than the middle of Scott Snyder's run. What about that? What was that? The House of Krypton? Um, that wasn't him. I thought we were talking about Bendis, right? You're thinking of Oming. That wasn't him. Oh, Oming. My bad. Yeah, Oming did the art on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what was a missed opportunity? 
how was Justice League versus Legion of Superheroes? Actually, it's not bad so far. Uh, it's on issue three, and it's been interesting. I've heard terrible stuff about the it. The first two were not good, but the third one finally revealed like what the plot is and like why the things happening in the first two issues went on. Do you remember that Checkmate book where it got to the last page and he was just like, oh, hey, by the way, this character's secret identity is Commandy. <laughs> and it served no purpose to the plot. <laughs> that was weird. That whole thing was weird. Uh, I just sent a picture to the chat. This was a missed opportunity. Javier Bardem should have played Bane. We were talking about wrestling Ooh. earlier, and I feel like yeah. he should have played Bane. Ooh, yeah. Maybe Eric Taylor right? Johnson should have played Bane. <laughs> Did you not like Tom Hardy with his overly British voice? I didn't have an issue with him playing that character so incredibly British, because I could see that character like developing oh, yeah. an accent for himself in prison to like be like, oh, I'm intelligent and oh, I've yeah. read so many books as like a character thing sure but they don't explain that in any way they're just like he wears a mask because that that movie's a mess yeah it's a whole yeah. nightmare of it's a mess. the worst of the three yeah that death scene from talia <laughs> worst acting that she's ever done and she's a great actress marion cotillard that movie. yeah yeah she she literally like sighs she literally goes like <sighs> <laughs> that's what, it what that's how she sighs did that come out first, or did Inception come out first? Uh, Inception, Inception was first. Oh. That was 2010. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. You brought up Tenet, and now I can't remember any of the plot of Tenet. All I remember no, no, is that's there's... the point, is there is no... All of everything is I... circular, and everything that has been will be. <laughs> it was his attempt at making a James Bond movie. Kind of. Oh, you guys think you're all intellectual. That's, Let's that's see literally if you can what figure out this movie. It's not even the most convoluted film that exists. Uh, ever exists? No. And now he's, made, and yes. now he's now he's just moving to like war biopics. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oppenheimer and is it's like, the making of the atomic bomb. And they've just got like every actors in that. It's like Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Killian Murphy's finally getting a leading role in a movie. Well, man, he hasn't uh, had one since 28 days later he, and red line red eye oh yeah red eye yeah he's just too busy with uh peaky blinders but that the final season's coming out in like a couple weeks oh geez i didn't know that was still going I, six I or seven seasons it's good it's a it's a good show yeah i've heard very good things yeah yeah um but i mean i'm biased towards crime stories like that so yeah yeah um i guess we can talk about this a little bit um there is an announcement you shared this in the chat that uh, batman inc is coming back yeah it looks like yeah ghost so this is a um batman reincorporated he, probably he's he's leading it in the main series hmm. so i imagine so okay um but this is by ed brison writing and john timms on art Hmm. So I guess John Timms is just off of Son of Kal-El for good now. Alright. A little surprised by that, but okay. What would make a company reincorporate? Uh, the benefits of reincorporating a company are that you can move to a jurisdiction that is better for your products and services. Take advantage of regulatory and compliance rules applicable in another state. Achieve tax advantages or benefit from tax breaks. Yeah, I think uh, 
Thank you, know, you Bruce Wayne is Thank very uh, fiscally conscious. Yes, of course he is. Especially since losing his billions. More billions. Yeah. You guys like... Uh... <laughs> that, is that going to be what the sequel to Morbius yeah. is called? You guys like... Uh... More billions. What the you guys like Ed Brisson? Um, I've not read a whole lot by him. The few bits I have read have been fine. Yeah. Uh, he's on Wolverine right now, isn't he? Yeah, he did. No, uh, that's Ben Percy. Dead Man Logan. He did. Old Man Logan. Dead Man. He Logan. did Old Man Logan after. He did it after Lemire left, and then Dead Man Logan. I think I remember reading that and actually enjoying that. Uh, I've read Brisson before. He's. He did. I think it's been hit or miss. Hit or miss. Yeah. He did the issue number three of the Silver Coin, and I think that was the uh, kids in the uh, joyride the teenagers yeah where she like runs through the forest or they crash off a bridge or something yeah the home invasion yeah oh yeah that one was kind of kind of a gloss over if anything yeah yeah no I like I thought the pacing was the best in that one out of like the original four or five it really starts to get into the backstory or what's actually driving the coin because we see all the witches and whatnot. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I guess it's just like when you compare it to issues like the one in the uh, arcade. You know that one stands out in my mind immensely. The yeah, but but I feel like with the first sort of arc of those, the first few and even the Myers just have really uneven pacing, and I felt like. It felt super rushed in places and just kind of ended. Yeah. Mm. Especially the Zadarsky one. Which one? He did two. Mm. Zadarsky didn't do two. Yeah. He did. Uh, he didn't. Did you guys? You guys just read. Uh, I bet. Shadow. I War bet you five thousand dollars, Tyler. You I bet me five thousand dollars. I bet you five thousand dollars that Chip Zadarsky only wrote one issue. I thought he wrote issue five as well. No, that was Michael Walsh. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. You owe me five thousand dollars. <laughs> Fuck off! I'll 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 one up you and I'll give you one more billion dollars. More billion, yes. Um, he um some, yeah, uh, I didn't I didn't read Warzone. Sinister War Zone. Sinister, sorry, sorry, Sinister War. Excuse me. What Sinister War? Uh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, that was the Spider-Man event. Yeah, Sinister War two and three from 2021 last year. I mean, I read it. Oh, I, it's it's over my mind at this point. Yeah, yeah that was, was such with a gloss uh, over. Nick Spencer. Yeah, that makes sense. Honestly, I'm just really happy that Spencer run has has ended. It was not very. But um, Brison's taking over the Deathstroke Inc. book to tell a Deathstroke Year One story. I mean, I all right. It seems. So. We're in a weird stage for comics. It seems like he's. Point. It seems like he's kind of done at Marvel now, at least coming over. Maybe. Did you see the uh, thing I dropped into the chat about uh, the young adult graphic novels? Yes. Yeah, I haven't read any of them. I don't really care about any of them. I'm not going to read them. I mean, I'm not going to either, but I'm kind of curious about some of the choices here. You've got Lois Lane, Harley Quinn, Static Shock. They're all getting their own, like... Yeah, I don't know. How stories I feel about as this. as kids or something. Yeah, it seems 
like a lot I understand the desire to want to capitalize as much on your product as much as possible but when you continuously do things like year one or here's them as a kid I mean it's not that different from trying to just capitalize on Superman and then putting that logo on just everything yeah. a horse a monkey a child a girl etc it's you know. kind of Tyler that's literally what they're doing they're just trying to cash in on everything it's kind of weird that they yes. keep uh, maybe like equivocating like they're younger so they you know they've got more baby fat so we're just going to make like thick children Why are you trying to uh, body shame these children, Josh? Why I don't can't know. You just it's let just them be fat. Yeah. Okay. Fine. It's an epidemic, man. I really I worry for your uh, children's body image issues in the future. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my kids can eat whatever they want, as long as they're eating. And for now. Yeah. Until you shame them when they can I'm comprehend be, words. I mean, like, we're at the stage where it's just like, as long as I can get food in this kid's mouth, I'm happy. Well, yeah, that's, like, basic, like, I really don't want to go to prison for, like, neglecting my child. Yeah. You know, I don't want to eat this. I don't want to eat that. I want that. Okay? I'll give you that. No, I don't want it. I didn't want this. I told you I didn't I'm want really this. I'm dead serious when I say this. I One of the big th- turnoffs for me for why I don't think I want to have kids is the constant <laughs> desire for chicken nuggets. <laughs> please, please don't have children, Tyler. That is, that is one of my kids' go-to lines: chicken nuggets, it's, and fries, and barbecue sauce, and ketchup. Yes, that's every child's desire. That's all they want is the oh, fattiest of the fatty we pieces. And I wasn't going to give him chicken nuggets. Do they sing about? I, do they sing about chicken nuggets the same way <laughs> yeah. Wanda's children sing, sing about, about ice, cream. ice cream? Yeah, no, we don't do that too much. But it was like make I your kids him, sing about ice cream for us. I ordered him. Uh, <laughs> boneless chicken wings and he goes I don't want boneless chicken wings and I was like fine chicken nuggets and it it's kind of the opposite for adults no dude it's not chicken nuggets it's boneless chicken wings yeah although I will admit that There's I do know wrong some with adults who exactly I know adults who eat the dinosaur shaped chicken nuggets so I don't hang out with them anymore for reasons <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, I can't hang out and eat dinosaur chicken nuggets. I have a girlfriend now. Exactly. I actually, uh, I put my penis into a living uh, person now. I can't uh, continue to eat these. <laughs> I blew Josh away here. A living person. <laughs> um, um, Tab still eats the chicken dinosaurs, Of course doesn't he? he does. No, he eats the My Little Pony shaped ones. That's what he eats. <laughs> I feel like we're just bullying everyone else this We're bullying everybody today. Week. Josh, yeah. what are you, uh, when your kids get old enough, what kind of comic books are you going to introduce them to? Um, I, I, I have gotten them comic books. We got stuff on free comic book days, and I pick up kind of dollar comics because there's old Disney comics that you can get for a dollar. So there's like Goofy or Donald Duck. You know, DuckTales kind of stuff. Mm. I mean, why do I need to when go out and you, buy my kid comics to... when they can just, you know, read my comics? You, I don't know if you really want your kids to get their sticky fingers on all of your precious dangerous. I know, I know. There's going to be a process. you got to wash your hands. you got to put the gloves on. <laughs> put the Mickey Mouse gloves on. <laughs> be very careful. Lay Here, down grab the, the tweezers. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to introduce them to Mark Guggenheim's work? Oh, yeah. 
maybe when they're 13 and want to be edgy. <laughs> Libraries in my uh, high school and middle schools had access to a lot of really edgy comics. I was surprised at some of the stuff that they had. Yeah. They had a preacher. Did they have mouse? Yes, of course they did. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta have mouse. Not anymore. Dude, I, I'm very baffled at the fact that most... Uh, I was in middle school when I read that. I did not need to read that in middle school. That was intense. A lot of suicide, a lot of like just very vivid details about being in the camps. Like, yeah. God damn. I'm happy I read it, but don't get me wrong. It's just like, it's it really intense. I think it was around the same time that I was exposed to Ultimate Spider-Man as like my first actual uh, Spider-Man comic. Well, yeah. I guess. I wonder if it really depends on know. the library and the librarian how edgy is your librarian she and i got along pretty well because i was in there pretty much every lunch so yeah. i went in there and read that and then whatever fantasy book i could get a hold of uh pretty regularly yeah. um man i miss the library yeah i should just get a library card at this point honestly i should just stop buying the amount of comic books that i do and just go there do it um speaking of comic books should we talk about what we read this week yeah. There's one more thing to discuss. Alright. Please tell me. Um, the Mark Wade Batman v Robin book. Oh. Spinning out of the I thought we talked about that last oh. week. I don't think so, did we? I don't know. I don't remember. <clears throat> where uh where is that in the uh, news portion? Let's see, Seth Green NFT, Batman vs Robin, there it is. That was seven days ago. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we didn't talk about it last week. Go for it. Um, yeah, Mark Wade is writing a Batman vs. Robin story arc, or mini-series, that spins out of the first arc of World's Finest. And then arc two is going to set up another thing that has a spin-off that he's going to write, and it seems like he's just kind of building his own playground and world here. Well... This looks like it's taking place in the uh, current Batman universe. I mean, that's the updated... Uh, yeah, because did you read Shadow War this week? No. Do you just hate me? I hate you, Tyler. I know. <laughs> I hate you. Um, the demon, got mentioned in Shadow War. Oh. Yeah, because... Um, Mama Al Ghul is like Al <laughs> the Demon Nezar <laughs> again. When you forget her name, just Mama I Al Ghul. Her name. I don't know what it is. It's yeah. very entertaining here. You say Mama. Mama. Mom. Perfect. Mama. Mum. Mum. Mummy. Mum. <laughs> if you had to pick Mark Wade on an ongoing series, what would it be? New Mark Wade series, uh, Kingdom Come Two, Electric Boogaloo. God damn it, damn it! I fucking. You mean like a mainline? Yeah, like one that exists series. right now that he would just hop yeah. into. Because for me, Green Lantern. I love you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I love you with all my heart. I think he would also do a really good job of taking over Tom Taylor's Superman. Yeah. I that was going to be my second Bring suggestion. Back. I would have said Batman, but Chip Zdarsky. Bring back yeah, the Man I of Tomorrow, Superman. I feel like he could really do a good job, though. I mean, Mark Wade has 
like a history of writing that style of Tom Taylor like stuff right now anyways and plus t Mark Wade doing a Lex Luthor anything come on come on that would be great all right but yeah so then yeah arc 2 will set something else up that has its own spin-off series so Mark Wade's really sort of building his own little playground I'm okay with that yeah I, I would still love to see him on an ongoing series at some point but yeah I'm, I'm totally fine with this I'm enjoying World's Finest so yeah yeah now that I talk about this though I do wonder about him doing something Doom Patrol-esque he's doing a really good job with those characters yeah true have you actually read the Gerard Way stuff I read the first six or eight issues until it started getting heavily delayed oh my Chemical Romance did a concert in like the next town over from me a couple of weeks ago and I'm so sad I didn't go you stupid fuck my tick I didn't find out about it until like three days before it yeah. was happening and the tickets were like super inflated by that yep. point um, but yeah I've seen videos online of it and it looked like it was a crazy concert Probably. Some guy outside of the stadium was like recording the crowd singing Welcome to the Black Parade. Yes. And just being in that crowd must have been so amazing. Yeah. Alright, uh, should we talk about the comic books that we read this week? Yeah, go for it. Cool. Uh, shall we start off with uh, Hulk 7? Yes. <laughs> Holds up nothing. I'm sure Josh is very excited to talk about this. Take it away, Josh. All right. This week at Hulk 7, Hulk smash and Thor hammered, and together they built a barn. <laughs> okay, next. <laughs> next, That's we've it. got action comics for Superman, where Superman smashed, and uh, Omac hammered, and together they built a barn. <laughs> this is just our new format from now on next alright welcome to uh, the department of truth where the US smashed and the USSR <laughs> hampered and sickled and together they built a barn brilliant that's phenomenal next what we got we got we got um now that's Nothing it. Good. Nothing good. That's it. That's our show. Thanks for sticking around. You find us on Anchor.fm. <laughs> All right. Um, tell me about Hulk. Did it get better? It has gotten yeah. a lot better. I'm very surprised at the way that Cates has decided to choose the order of things with this because I actually expected this one to be a little bit more... Thor focused I suppose it definitely seems like he's leaning towards uh, more Hulk I guess overall when you look at things but I mean this does have a combination of the of the, the two interacting and Iron Man obviously now um, but um, this one follows up shortly after the ending of uh, the previous Thor issue so immediately there's the fight between uh Iron Man and Hulk. Thor intervenes. Um, Hulk doesn't realize he's not in the simulation. Odin and Hulk have a conversation. Thor tries, tries to stop Iron Man uh, for reasons. Uh, 
and Hulk sets off what is the equivalent of 3,000 gamma bombs on the planet. Yeah, Tony's new like celestial supersuit thing is designed to absorb gamma radiation because he's planning on just draining Hulk dry. Sexy. And then... Yeah, then like Hulk just Hulk just never runs out. He just keeps going. Tony's like he just he keeps going now. What, what the fuck's stop. going on? And then he just keeps going, and he doesn't. And stop. then he doesn't stop. <clears throat> um, and Hulk has so much gamma radiation in him that I assume was coming from his anger. Yeah, pure rage. That he un- he unlocked a new power, heat vision. Oh, yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. Also, there was a funny scene where Mjolnir is like flying towards Hulk, so Odin can like move back into the hammer, and Hulk's like, "It's com- like it's coming towards me, handle first, Hulk worthy." Yeah, and it's like, "Nope, you just instantly get like destroyed by it." That was pretty funny. I liked that. That was really funny. Um, I I will say that I feel like what is being delivered as far as a message here is that Hulk might actually be holding back even when he is Hulk and actually does try to limit the amount of destruction that he is capable of because if he's able to release that much radiation the equivalent of 3000 gamma bombs then maybe it's kind of like Superman at the uh, at issue 700 when uh, Doc Ock in Spidey's body knocks the jaw off of Scorpion and he's like oh shit he's this strong he's been holding back this whole time yeah well, isn't this the reason that Hulk ran that, away? That's my secret, already, Captain. Because he was leaking gamma radiation and killing people. So that's a good point. He, we don't quite know yet. Okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of implied that he it was seems, leaking it. Yeah, it seems like it because at the end, after the gamma bomb thing went off, Tony's suit's been destroyed, and he's just kind of still there, wearing like an anti-gamma suit, and from the gamma mist emerges Hulk Thor. Thork. Thork. Thulk. <laughs> Thork. Hi, my name Thork. is Thulk. My name is Thulk. God damn it. My name is Thulk and I like to smash. <laughs> you make him sound like uh, that character from South Park. What's his name? Mr. Slave. I'm super. No, the other one. I don't know. It, it could I'm be like... A dating profile sort of thing. Hi, my name's Thok, and I like to smash. I like long walks on the beach and just getting hammered. God damn it. <laughs> I find it funny you say that because all of a sudden, uh, 1980s dating videos have suddenly made their oh, yeah. resurgence online, and there's one in particular that's been going around as a meme, and it's a guy dressed as Thor, like in full like Viking costume and everything. Okay. Hi, my name's Josh. I that was maybe one of my favorite uh, recurring bits on Mad TV. The lowered expectations. I loved those. Yeah. Classics. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like this issue was kind of. It was. It was not as good as a Thor issue. Yeah. I don't quite know why Kate's can't write Hulk issues well, even though it's the same story. It does feel. But the last issue was significantly better, but this is still laying it's like he is trying to write Hulk as like an action blockbuster yeah instead of really telling a story was this the end of the crossover 
No. No. There's still a few more issues. Oh, okay. They're going to have the Banner of War Omega issue at some point. Um, uh, but yeah, and the next issues. Is it, there's another Thor issue before that. It seems, yeah. Even the Thor issues, it seems like you guys have been saying that this feels more like Hulk issues than Thor issues. Well, a big part of that, I think, is because he's only just hopped on Hulk, so he has a lot of Hulk stories and Hulk ideas that he wants to put into this, so this crossover is that opportunity to lay a little bit more brick on the road, so to speak. Um, I really thought that he was going to have that Black Hulk's Hulk uh, Titan show up in this one, Uh, so him not showing up was surprising to me. I feel like this is you know seven issues in and we don't really know why that happened and we don't know about this betty ross personality in his head but i feel like between last issue and this issue we're starting to get answers now sure like the thor issue did kind of tell us like why he had to build the starship why he had to get hulk under control Mm -hmm. yeah there has been some development recently absolutely um, Josh, do you remember in the Peter David run the way that Hulk was bouncing around? Uh, and the, do you remember the crossovers between X Factor and everything? Uh, no, I didn't read that. That was like the early part of Peter David's run of Hulk. Um, he reads he reads all the Maestro stuff, but no Hulk yeah. stuff. You son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, the reason I bring that up is because I feel like. When I think of Hulk stories that I've been really fond of, that experiments with the Hulk world and how Hulk will interact with uh, various elements of the Marvel Universe, those have been some of my favorite stories because, you know, it's very out of place for this big monstrous character to try to, I don't know, protect a child from a phantom figure that only he can fight or, you know, going into a town and being captured by the X-Factor. This has some of that X Factor element to it, yeah. and I feel like I would like to see a little bit more of that, you know, lone guy walking down the street looking for a, uh, yeah. hitchhiking for a ride, yeah. and the adventures that come from that. Immortal Hulk kind of started out with that, and was was built up from there, um, and and really had a lot of uh, interesting developments with that reporter character following him around, trying to understand him better trying to get the lay of the land the map of what what hulk's mind was really about one of the best parts of that was the earlier part when hulk goes to a graveyard and uh basically has to fight a person that died because of him but the body becomes irradiated uh and comes back as like a ghoul or something that stuff is is peak hulk in my mind so Right now, it definitely feels like Cates is really prioritizing, like, I get to do really big, dramatic, intense stuff, and that's awesome. And it is cool, but it's not storylines that make you go, this is the peak of comics, you know? There's a reason why Al Ewing's Hulk run was so well-received, is because he really dug into the the backstory of Hulk, he dug into the lore of it, the uh, psychology and the identity of Hulk and Banner, all of the identities, really. I feel like that's missing in this right now, and I am sad to see that because I like Kate's, but ultimately I'm wondering, you know, is this something that I'm going to continue reading, knowing that that's stuff that is so necessary, in my mind, for a Hulk story. It's, It's just absent there. Yeah. It, it seems like 
whether it's a Hulk story or Hulk is just appearing, uh, Hulk takes the kind of center stage for the story that he's in. Mm-hmm. So even though it's a Thor and Hulk crossover, it's really focusing on Hulk. Uh, you bring in other teams for Hulk to interact with. I don't know. He seems to have the... I don't know. He goes out there and has strange adventures, but he seems to have the smallest kind of rogues gallery. Like, he, mm-hmm. he plays off of other people in their rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, I'm actually thinking of Mark Wade's run with Hulk, Indestructible Hulk. That's what I would compare Kate's run to. You know, it's cool ideas, it's cool conceptually, and I think that it's building towards something, but I just don't think that this is the most exciting I've seen this character, you know, and that's kind of sad to me. Or this writer. From what I've seen, uh, I don't know, does it seem like each issue is kind of centered around like a two-page spread somewhere in the issue. There was another two-page spread in this issue that definitely had a lot to it, but I don't know if it was centered around it. No. But I don't know if I'd go that far. I know what you're like saying. One and I... two-page spread in every single issue. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I think that's mostly Kate's wanting to let the artist have fun with it. Kate's yeah. really seems to want to have the artist uh, spread his wings as much as possible without trying to spread him too thin I think Um, and knowing that Otley is going to be coming back I feel like this is a good chance for Otley to play catch up on the upcoming stuff which is cool I like Otley a lot Um, I feel like this is mostly a missed opportunity especially because the Thor stuff really from start to finish so far has been really interesting you know there isn't any of that jumping of the shark there's a lot of magical you know nonsensical goodness that's been happening uh i'm I'm really happy i caught up with it i I guess i'm just confused about where things are going to end up at this point yeah yeah it does seem like the thor aspect of this is much more compelling than the hulk stuff i feel like thor means more to kate's at this point yeah which is a shame that he's just kind of spinning his wheels on hulk yeah and just not actually telling much of a story, just kind of Hulk smashing things. This kind of happened with his stuff on Guardians of the Galaxy as well, and that was only 12 issues. I heard, yeah. Yeah. This might end up being something he hops off early. Mm. Honestly. Oh, well. Shall we move on? Yes. Yes. Cool. Ratings? 10 out of 10. (laughs) Good job, Josh. Zero out of ten, not enough Morbius. <laughs> uh, it it was fine. I'd give it like a seven point two five. I'd give it like a seven point five. I'm gonna say, yeah. Yeah, it it was fine. It was a perfectly acceptable comic. Um, I guess that means that we're gonna move on to Spider-Man two. Yes. Cool. Good job, Josh. Um, so you immediately had a question in the chat, uh, Sean. Y- yeah. Why is Norman Osborn just kind of showing up at Peter's house and being like, "Hey, pal, I need you to babysit." <laughs> so, in the Nick Spencer run, right before the Spider-Man Beyond stuff, uh, Sin Eater 
used his mystical shotgun to shoot out the powers and sins of Norman Osborn. So now he is a... That is the most comic booky <laughs> sentence I've heard in a while. Yes. I wish I was joking. Uh, what did you call his weapon? His mystical shotgun. Yes. It's one of the worst characters of all time. It's this. It's literally a dude in a purple balaclava with a shotgun. And he... It's just like going around shooting supervillains and then it is like wiping out their sins and he's consuming their powers. So at some point or another, he just absorbs enough powers and he, he turns into this gigantic, big, hulky Kirby. <laughs> Kirby with a shotgun. Yes. <laughs> Nightmare in Dreamland, part two. Yeah, well, it, it's better than being sucked into him. Well, like, I can't suck you into me, so uh, I'm just going to shoot you with a shotgun. As a bisexual man, I am going to challenge that statement. All right. So Norman Osborn is now sin-free. Yeah. As Frank put it in It's Always Sunny when he was rolling around in the sanitizer, he's pure. <laughs> I just want to be pure. <laughs> Since then, um, a lot of characters have actually had their powers, their... Uh, villainous nature uh, wiped away from them um, so right now Norman is trying to reestablish a connection between uh, Harry himself Harry's uh, wife the kids, everybody um, until the next writer comes in and makes him a bad guy again I'm honestly really exhausted for, I get whiplash every single time they're like Harry's a bad guy, no he's not he's in uh, hiding from Norman now Norman's a good guy, no he's not yes he is, I don't know it's a lot, but I, I will say that I really enjoyed the Beyond stuff uh, considering how many writers were attached to it from start to finish it actually was you know, a well paced uh, organized storyline that I thought was a interesting choice to derail from the main line of Peter Parker comics but uh, as far as this goes for a Zeb Wells like issue one issue two thing I'm just gonna come out and say I understand that people have frustrations with it but I really appreciate the the nature in which that this is written as far as pacing because there is start to finish things are happening you know it feels like Peter Parker struggling it is characters in New York that he typically is fighting with, or his best friends. Peter Parker's always struggling. Just let him be happy. Let him evolve as a character. The thing is, is like, I agree, and I think that that's a possibility, but I think that it's important to have this character who is such a uh, flawed individual who continuously makes mistakes and tries to recover from them and, and, and continuously fumbles. It's important for him to have those chances where he puts the tapioca yeah, pudding in his mask, you know? Mm. Yeah, but he's been doing the same thing for 60 years now. I know, yeah. Remember when they introduced John to Superman comics and it was the most refreshing change that character has had in decades? Absolutely. Let Peter marry MJ and have like his child from that Renew Your Vows series. Oh, whatever I'm mostly exhausted. No, you were right. Yeah. I'm exhausted by the fact that everybody keep I keep opening up a Spider-Man comic expecting Mephisto to come out of nowhere and be like, "What are you doing? I took your child from you." <laughs> Dan slots in the corner, going, "No!" It's just every time I open a Spider-Man comic from the last sixty years, 
it's it just it just always is the same. Like the exact like his banter's the same. Like his it just he doesn't seem to have grown up at all or like had any progression. When Joe Quesada was, and you, you can say that about most of the most characters like this. No, you're not wrong. Uh, it's not just him. Years back, Joe Quesada, uh, while he was still you know, overseeing everything at Marvel was interviewed about uh, why things shifted around and they felt that they wanted to move Peter Parker away from being a married man and having kids because that wasn't appealing or anything or it wasn't, I know, it doesn't make any sense when you think about it now, especially with yeah. Superman you know, Batman, everybody now has kids, they're everybody getting married everybody's jacked up, they had kids I mean, it's just there's nothing wrong with having a character grow if anything that's the most important part of having those characters is because you get to grow with them and watch them have their lives change not continuously oh they're married now they're not oh now he's dating Mockingbird but not really and then he's going to come back it, it is a lot that being so oh let's get him and MJ back together and in the immediate next story let's, ha let's have them broken up again off screen and and now MJ has kids yeah Somehow in six months. Here's the thing. Fans want them that. to be together. Yeah. <laughs> I... This is me being hopeful at this point. I'm speculating that... There is going to be a really big reveal that at the end of the Batman... Or, I'm sorry. Superman... Sp excuse me. <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> Beyond arc. Fantastic Foot... Wait. The what? Comics... Wolverine. Beyond. That whole arc that the light that sh uh, shined outside their window and like made them disappear is going to be something that is trying to reorganize the timeline to keep them apart and they have to come together and fight like against mysticism or something. I know. Honestly, it bums me out because I have spent a lot of money on Spider-Man comics and I feel like it's just... Please, please, Tyler, sell them all and stop collecting. I have... Please. 600 Spider-Man comics. Sell them all. All of them. I sell them all. 600. I'm going to be a billionaire. More billionaire. <laughs> Why be a billionaire when you can be a millionaire? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Tyler, what did you think? please just sell sell all of them when the hype of the next movie happens. I plan on it. And then sell, sell all your Miles Morales stuff when he finally gets live action movie. I... I, I or when across the spider verse comes out just please just stop buying them i cannot please i cannot i'm addicted i'm so addicted to at least shift digitally because like how many of your boxes are just spider-man turn the camera and show us uh let me show you on the doll where it touched me hang on let's see here let's see if i can just yeah, pull out your brony so one two two three Four, five, six of the eight. <laughs> so yeah, quite a few. Sorry, did you say six out of eight? Yeah. Sell them all. The others are Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Venom. Wait, it's all Spider-Man? It's most. It's all Spidey. <laughs> 
Sorry, so all those boxes are Spider-Man. I've sold off almost everything else. I've sold almost all of the major events. Um, anything that isn't immediately Spider-Man related, I have some Spider-Man 2099 issues, uh, the Chips Zdarsky stuffs, uh, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, so all, Tom Taylor, Zdarsky, uh, issue 300 of Zdarsky's Eisner award-winning issue. Hmm. Tyler, do you have the issues with El Muerto? <laughs> yes. It's worth billions. <laughs> One day it will be. One day soon. Its value will go this, down often. It really will. This is how my kids are going to go to college. I'll have to pay people to to take it from me. Here's two hundred dollars. Take this off my hands. Um, I don't know. What did you think? Like overall, is because you are just like hopping into I... the series. I've tried so many times to get into Spider-Man, like the main series. I love him in all the Elseworld stuff. I loved him in Dark Ages. I like him anywhere he's allowed to grow as a character. But he just always seems stuck in the same place every time I check out a new number one by him. Yeah. And it, like, it was fine. It wasn't bad. But I just don't care because I know the next writer's going to come in and do exactly the same story with him. I feel like this is a really good example of when editorial is laying claim to the storyline ideas more than the creators are. And I really want to see Cates just take over this book because he has said, I don't want to leave Marvel until I write Spider-Man. And I would be interested in reading that. If he gives... That's why Marvel aren't letting him write... <laughs> That's why they aren't letting him write Spider-Man. God, no, so kidding, right? So, I mean... I don't think that he hates Hulk or anything, but I definitely feel like he loves Thor, you know, and I think that that's where a lot of that attention is coming from. So I can imagine him doing a book with a character he's in love with, he would do a really good job. So, um, as far as like this issue alone by itself, what I'm seeing with it, I like it. I like the way it's paced. I like what's going on with Tombstone. I like the pulling away from just focusing on Peter Parker to see what else is going on around the city because there is so many characters. There is so much that is happening and I I like that. I think that this has a lot of potential. I really hope it doesn't flounder and flop the way that Nick Spencer's run did. It will because editorial will, will interfere beyond recognition. Probably. Um, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Um, Seven out of ten. I don't blame you. You're fine. JRJR's art was decent. In it's this. it's the best it's been since he left DC. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best it's been since he joined DC. <laughs> Who knows why that is? Yeah. All right. Uh, Josh, you and I are up next. Let's Department of Truth. Department of Truth. Wait, I don't get. I don't get to talk. Nope. Shh. You that? USA. 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 Um, I'm actually surprised at this because this started off to me as a whatever conversation that I didn't think was actually going to move the plot along, but it actually did. Yeah, yeah, it really kicks in the gear in the last couple of pages. Well, it's nice to actually see Cole talking to people and actually being yeah. at this, the front and center of this. Yeah, he, he well, here he's gotten to take a breath. We're not moving from event to event. He's now thinking, like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing this? This is kind of ruining my 
the rest of my life and maybe I want to get out but he's you know realizing through this issue there is no chance here uh, but he's also like I kind of also want to stay because now I can kind of confront that thing from my childhood that doesn't that they created to look like something from my childhood that thing's not my mm -hmm. thing from my childhood so something that I've noticed about this series is that it definitely has developed this feeling that is very similar to a television show you know uh, it 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 allows for any back matter material to really carry itself and it makes you it gives you a clear idea of the world and the universe that's being built up around it while still making you invested in, t in what is eventually going to be the developed main story of things now I am at this point now where I have maybe more patience than Sean so waiting for the main plot with Cole with the Department of Truth to move along has taken a long time I am at this point now where I do want it to just pick up, and it finally started to. I want it to pick up from here and really kick into gear, because it's been fun watching Lee Harvey Oswald sleep with a honeypot. It's been really fun watching Nixon interact uh, with the Department of Truth. Yes. I've enjoyed all of those issues, but I do want more of Cole, because it's... He is the central character. I mean, this is the he first... does represent us. Yes. Uh... Sorry, just to interrupt, something Josh mentioned either at the beginning or before we start filming, but I'm just scrolling through Facebook right now, and recommended video for you. Oh, nice. The Penguin Makeup Tutorial. Yeah, Great. Yes, <laughs> Penguin Makeup. Yeah. Uh, I was like, clear, clearly Facebook is spying on yeah, that. Obviously. I heard what Josh yeah. said. But we've reached a point Sorry to interrupt, in the story, as I mean, we're at issue uh, 18, and Cole is cynical pessimistic he's worn out you know he's kind of seen most of what there is to be for the department of truth uh but this issue was kind of billed as being like an exploration of the uh ministry of lies the mm -hmm. the russian counterpart and i wish it went further into that we're Agreed. the beginning the first half is basically an exploration of the fall the, the end game of the Cold War. Basically, mm -hmm. uh, Lee confronting his counterpart and telling him, hey, you guys lost, and here's what we're going to do now. I feel like having the interaction between Cole and his partner... They're not... Are they husbands? Um, I think so, yeah. I... I feel like that's a missed opportunity to yeah, get yeah, Cole's more husband. of the yep. pain with Cole, right? Okay, thank you. I don't know. I So here's the thing. You pick apart the little tiny moments. So let, I would like to ask your opinion on this. Based on the details that you get with Cole, like mentioning of the bags under the eyes and everything, how do, how do you feel about the characterization of Cole himself? Because I feel like since we've gone so far off the the uh, straight and narrow path we've kind of diverted away from this character in a way do you feel like this is a good regrouping back to this character or do you feel like he's still kind of two-dimensional in a way oh i don't know if he's two-dimensional i think if he i don't know how do i put uh we haven't seen like the full uh picture for him 
But I think if somebody had gone through all of the uh, experiences, been kind of uh, shown the worst and best of the department, seen behind the curtain, the man behind the curtain, uh, I think most people would be in his shoes. I mean, he's gone across the country, across the world, uh, basically seeing that, you know, nothing... He can't be the idealist that he was before. Mm -hmm. And that can be a bit depressing. I mean, it's definitely a heavy book. Don't get me wrong. And I definitely... I, I can appreciate the nature in that because it's necessary, not only for the theme of this book in general, but for this character to react that way, especially with what he did with those reporters previously, right? Yeah, so, right. I'm recalling back at, like, issue one in the way he was brought into that flat earth con, right? And yeah. how he was invited to go see the edge of the world and everything. He's really just been thrust into this. I forget yes. what his original yeah. job well, even was. Uh, FBI analyst, probably. It's kind of similar to Jack Ryan. Uh, but the only way to join the this, to join the Department of Truth or to make your way into that world is just to be thrust into it, to be exposed to one of the conspiracies and see uh, how real things can manifest out of uh, people's beliefs. Sure. You know what I'm realizing? This is the same concept of something is killing the children. You know, it takes uh, a group of people to manifest things into reality. I wonder if that's going to be an interest, like a, a consistent theme with yeah, I, yeah, I mentioned this. Yeah. I mentioned this a while ago back at the um, beginning of the series where it's the same sort of thing, it's a tulpa of thought. Yeah, yep. yeah, you did. Um, I feel like I would enjoy this a lot if this was a show. Yeah. This being a monthly comic has been a really wonderful experiment in art and I cannot fault yeah, it for that. You can't really I... take the art that much into a TV show. No, unfortunately. It's going to be much cleaner. Um, I mean, you can put the stylized you know kind of kaleidoscope art behind you or like off out in the uh, peripheral but mm -hmm. uh, yeah the art's gonna be I mean maybe if you animate it you can make it weird but if it's gonna be live action it's gonna be hard to get that sort of atmosphere that they have in the comic yeah, well, I mean, I can imagine that David Fincher would do a really good job with this, maybe, but yeah, I guess the reason why I'm, I'm bringing that up is because, you know, with a streaming service or with a weekly format for a television yeah, show, yeah, yeah. you get the opportunity to drink in a lot more in a month Coming rather this than fall, the monthly Jesse comic Eisenberg book. and, uh, I can't think of his name, I don't know, uh, who, who is Michael? in The Good Place. Oh, uh, Chiti... No, Michael, the, the head angel. Oh, um... From Cheers? Ted Danson. Yeah. Ted Danson. Yeah, I can totally see Jesse Eisenberg and Ted Danson playing these roles. I get, can't see Jesse get, Eisenberg in this. Yeah, well, I mean, you got... If you're gonna have David Fincher, they'll probably get Jesse Eisenberg in there. I don't know. I only see him as Lex Luthor now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was that was dumb. Uh, no, I always, I just see him as Zuckerberg. Yeah, I, I, That's all yeah. he is. He 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 will never not be the guy that made Facebook in my <laughs> eyes. 
every movie he's in I'm like he made Facebook here's the problem though is that Jesse Eisenberg played that character much too human yeah he could have done so much he would have won an award if he just played it like a robot yeah no but he was so he was so autistic in that role though Mm. I thought he did a great job I mean yeah I guess a little bit but the kind of like kind of paranoid shifty eyes like when he gets a message from somebody where he's not able to kind of read the room you know what I'm bummed about? I'm I'm bummed that Ruby hasn't been in the foreground of this comic at all, and I think that she has yeah. the potential to be a really interesting character. That that would be a great one shot if we got like an origin story for her, whatever the conspiracy that she was brought in on. It's frustrating for me because I still want to say that this is one of the best comics that's out there right now, but I do find myself <laughs> frustrated with the way that it's yeah. decided not to, you know, it's focus on the actual plot. Yeah, it's it's a real slow burn. Uh, I don't even know if I could call it a slow burn because it feels like if you took like the honeypot issue, for example, and and made that into half of that issue, and the other half was Cole doing something. Yeah, I would. It, it's kind of like a. I feel like. Go ahead. I was going to say it's weird that they had the fill-in issues when almost every issue feels like a filler issue Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like a video game where you go into every side mission before going back to the main quest yeah yeah you think about a tv show format where they're set up a mystery in episode one then you get to like the mid-season finale where it will address it like the rest will be case of the week kind of monster of the week episodes then you'll have more of that and then you get to the sort of last three or four episodes where it'll deal with the main plot but you have that like middle like one or two parter Mm -hmm. in the mid-season finale where it deals with the main plot and I feel like this could have done that like have one issue with the main plot spend five issues doing case of the week stuff one issue main plot so on so on but they spend a lot of time talking around the real issue the real main plot it's always like we're kind of talking around it we're going we're tiptoeing around the edges of it before jumping right into it. Because as soon as we jump right into it, maybe that's the end. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh, but I feel like they still could have just teased a bit more in there. Yeah, I'm not sure if just uh, kind of... you noticed this part, but you know, when Cole and Ruby meet to talk, this is like issue two or three. I don't think it was issue one, but like mm-hmm. two or three where they meet and they're talking inside of that diner where they're having waffles. Mm-hmm. So we're like coming back to the place where things kind of started where he talked about like, you know, here's maybe my connection to everything. And then we mm-hmm. come back, we circle back around to the, the star face man and being like, you know, uh, things are being used against me. Things are being created to look like the things like this star face man is nothing like it. It's not the star face man that I saw as a child. I I feel like maybe Tinyan felt the need to do a great deal of setup in order to move a lot of this plot along. Which I get, because in order to tell a decent story, if you want to do world building, you have to be able to have a lot of that material created in order to build from there. And I get that. But I definitely... I mean, there's been plenty of stories out there where you can just drink in 
what's happening and through the story you can understand like oh okay well this happened with this character and that's going to happen because of this you know you don't need a great deal of over explanation but if Tinian is trying to focus on these small details as much as possible to give you a sense of Lee Harvey Oswald, to give you a sense of the Ministry of Lies, to give you a really strong sense of Hawk, then I really want to see that come and be paid off because we're almost at 20 issues and yeah. this is the third story arc that's coming in and I feel like we're only just touching the surface of the the main plot moving forward and honestly sean i really don't blame you for wanting to take a break yeah. and like eventually just read the trades because it's it is taking a long while i think we're gonna yeah because i still think... water uh if we end up talking about that in a little bit yeah yeah um yeah because department of truth like i think i read like issue 12 or 13 yeah. and it didn't by that point we had had no progression and then you you guys were at issue 18 now yes, 19 18 18 and it doesn't sound like I've missed anything I, I mean it's gonna matter later on hopefully I will say yeah. this I'm gonna go back and I, I reread the first trade I'm gonna go back and reread the second and third ones and I feel like that's going to be a fantastic read through and maybe this is something that really should just be read in one big sitting and I'm gonna continue collecting it because I, I'm, I'm in love with this world but I definitely it it feels like they are missing the the point of a monthly comic yeah. book, right? Like in order to keep the audience engaged and going, it's not just that you're doing amazing art or weird, wicked, cool things, right? You need to be able to keep the audience captivated with a plot that makes you ask questions and wonder about what's going to happen next. At this point, I don't know how much risk there is for Cole and Ruby because the last time we saw Cole interact with the Star-Faced Man, he was being um, offered an opportunity to work with Black Hat. Yeah. And that's well, been pretty it, much it. It shows... Now, uh, there's mm, one page where it's basically like, I where Cole's basically like, I've been in the basement just observing the Star-Faced Man. Mm-hmm. Uh... It's weird to think of him looking at a tulpa, though, because it, it wasn't it implied before that when you interact with a lot of these tulpas, it's kind of like yeah. reality is warping around it, or... Something that, well, I think it's something that hasn't been quite fully formed, because they, you know, manifested all of the, uh, they manifested the moon landing, they manifested all those helicopters and machines and whatnot for the Vietnam War, and they're able to fly those. So it's not just uh, anything they've manifested is not able to interact with, but it's something where it's not quite fully physically formed is when it becomes dangerous to interact with mm -hmm. that thing. They, they have created this star-faced man in its full and physical form. Yeah. And now they're keeping it hostage or captive, yeah. I guess, and trying to go from there. I'm really surprised that they let that Lee met Cole's husband. I thought that that was yeah. Well, that seems more like uh, not quite a threat to Cole. Like I can, you know, one of those like I can get close to your loved ones whenever I feel like it. Let me ask you a hypothetical, and this is just a speculation here. What if 
all of this, like the Department of Truth, is all Cole's manifestation. Like, what if this is all something that was created strictly because of his imagination? Like, oh, well, there has to be a response to this crazy nonsense that is the edge of the world. There has to be something like an yeah. organization that challenges uh, this. Like, what I if this is all one... I, I would say maybe it was Lee Harvey Oswald, if that's what it's gonna if that's gonna be the thing. Like Lee Harvey Oswald created a whole copy of himself and created everything. Uh, that's a good interesting point. Okay. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff predates Cole, but you can. But the does it predate work, Cole? Because you know, has been in theory, out, he still created kind of everything. Because it talks about a yeah. uh, at the beginning, uh, Grigory, what's his face? basically says like the only way we were able to corroborate that you the u.s had changed anything is that we had hard copies of things that hadn't been changed mm -hmm. so there there's there are ways of keeping things from changing uh i said i thought this issue was going to focus on the ministry of truth but it uh looking at the next several issues uh it looks like this whole arc is about the ministry of truth so mm -hmm. The next couple of issues, I do hope that we dig further into what the Ministry of Truth, or sorry, Ministry of Lies, what they are and how they worked, what happened on their side, sort of thing, and how the. I have a note about cold... Gregory's name, by the way. Uh, but before we do that, I yeah. do want to say that Sean looked like he had something he wanted to say. Um. Oh, I was going to say that. Um, yeah, we've kind of seen it from. Um, We've seen that stuff happened before Cole was born, mm -hmm. but do we know that, or is he just manifesting it in his memory that that's the way it happened? Well, that would change all yeah. of the rules that we know up to this point, which I don't really condone just turning yeah. all of the rules on their head. <laughs> yeah. I get the rules that, out the window and like, say, ah, this is how it actually was, and I'm not a big fan of that sort of thing. But if you're going to come up with a conspiracy theory about, like, the U.S. government... It's going to involve JFK, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. At some point, I mean, so they're hitting all the is... high points, all of the, all the, like a lot of the main conspiracy theories. I'm wondering if they're going to hit on the JFK yeah. Jr. in the bunker thing, the more recent one. Oh yeah, yeah. That one's weird. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with Grigory Rasputin at all? Rasputin, yeah. An interesting tidbit about his name is that it basically means that he is uh, an old drunk farmer yeah uh essentially because uh, back in those days a name meant that it was like something that you were earned from like a position like yeah, a title like a smith uh and yeah exactly so um if this is kind of leaning towards that you know his name is gregory uh petrov. something something what's his petrov so if that's the case then I mean, it kind of sounds like a made-up name, to be honest yeah. with you, Grigory Petrov. Maybe. I would be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is. Have you ever heard of uh, nominative determinism? Uh, not at all. Uh, where your name drives like who you become or the uh, path that you chose, and I can't, I, I don't have a great example right now. Like, say your name is Tom Artur. And you grow up to be a filmmaker. That's that's nominative mm -hmm. determinism. Like you're interesting. You're Johnny Jackhammer. You could grow up to be like a construction worker. That's that's nominative determinism. 
it's kind of backwards here where you are given the name because of who you are but there's also like you have your name and then you kind of drift towards that specific profession or something like that yeah it would be like is if Tyler called is Tyler called Brown because he's a piece of shit yes he just likes butts so much he's got the butts fun fact Fun fact, if uh, I was to become uh, my namesake, then I would be a layer of tiles, of brown tiles. Is that what Tyler is? Yeah, it's literally a job position. Mm. Alright. Yeah. Are you sure you want to go into journalism? I know. I know. What is brown news? There's yellow journalism, but is there brown news? I don't... Uh, please no. Um, do we want to do ratings? Sure. I mean, I'm still really enjoying this, like I've said before. I would yeah. be remiss to say... I would be. I could not say to you that I hate this series in any regard. I definitely want it to pick up. Yeah. But I'm still engaged with this yeah. quite a bit. So, I yeah. mean, I want to say it's like an 8.25, 8.5 for me. I am... I, I'm really wanting it to pick up. Yeah. This isn't the best issue that I've read from the series. The past couple of issues have definitely been higher than this one it's the start of the arc and maybe i went in expecting a bit much more uh but we're always waiting for the the story to kind of move along get to the point yeah i i don't know how much longer this story is going to go how much more tinyan has planned out uh other than something is killing the children i think this is one of his longest runs at this point um, creator-owned-wise, yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think you're right. Because uh, I can't think of anything, anything that he's written past, like, issue 30. I, something is killing the children. I mean, that's not that's not a labor of love at this point. I mean, that's making the bank. But this, Department of Truth, that's a labor of love. Uh, I think it's definitely selling a number of copies to stay, to stay profitable. But it's still something that isn't the most profitable thing that he's putting out. <laughs> No, I think Department of Truth is a higher seller than Something's Killing the Children. Mm -hmm. I know issue one sold like over a hundred thousand copies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this issue for me was probably like an eight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this week it's all kind of solid issues, but nothing like mind blowing. It's not amazing. Uh, I'm kind of surprised we talked so much about this interesting. issue. Huh. Did you know that James Tiny did a Constantine Hellblazer series? Mm, yes. I don't remember. I did not know that. Hmm. Um, it had Riley Rosmo on art. You know, he did do Detective Comics from 934 to 981, so, I mean, he has done an extended, like, period, but... Yeah. Also, he, like co-wrote Batman Eternal Batman and Robin Eternal yeah true I forgot he was on those yeah how many All right. how many issues did, of Batman like, Eternal did he do uh, Batman and Robin Eternal was 26 uh, the whole event was yeah the Batman Eternal event was 52 but issues did he do uh -huh. every cut? but how many of those no they had like four writers mm -hmm. on them I think alright but I don't know how many they each individually wrote. All right, let's move on. Batman Eternal was written by Scott Snyder, James Tiny and the Fourth, John Layman, Ray Fox, and Tim Seeley. All right. What's next? Still Water Thirteen by Chip Zdarsky and Ramon K. Perez. Dig into it. 
Um, <laughs> I had pretty much completely forgotten what happened yeah. last arc. I remembered the borders changing, but I did not remember any of these characters. I didn't remember that they were at war in the courthouse. I didn't remember that. Um, I had no clue who this Unity woman was. Yes, we haven't had an. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember who Unity is, but it's been since January. I think January <clears throat> was the last issue that we had. Okay. Uh, but this is issue thirteen. Yeah. And we're heading into the final arc. It's going to be an eighteen-issue series. Yeah. Why when this? Why when they jump out the window was the woman confused? Well, she was what? like, I don't she feel like I hurt myself like, that much. Fuck? Whose blood is that? Oh, I landed on this dude. It's his blood. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That could have been clearer because yeah. she definitely doesn't land on anyone in the uh, first. You can see something panel. like being smushed is what she's landing on she's landing on the dude uh, it's very terrible i guess so i kind of yeah i thought i was just a the shadow. longer this series but goes like, on the more i'm like i don't like this artwork i i'm just kind of hate reading this series at this point it's just like yeah not what i expected this I, is some like small town to bullshit whatever it's gonna be a showtime tv series that's gonna last for a season or two yeah like it, it might read better in trade when you can remember what happens issue to issue but the art's messy and lazy and yeah. yeah I don't even know what to say about yeah. it yeah they established that changing the original borders of the town is what the, like the man made borders on the map is what establishes the boundary yes and they basically expand the boundary to be the entire county, yeah. or at least the next They're town. They're gonna over. go in and have some fun with the next town because, uh, how do they say, things stagnated, and then we start turning on ourselves. We need to have a common enemy, a common goal to unite us. And for some reason, we're gonna go fuck those guys up over there. Like, haha, there are yeah, rivals. We saw Let's go fuck them up. Like I feel like was it last issue we established Galen like going over to the next town and that like, was in having the a escape. milkshake or something, the escape. Right, this page okay. right here was from that. Yeah. Uh, well, something similar to this page. I think this was supposed to be like modern day, and the other one was from like the eighties or nineties when he had gone over. Yeah, but it was the same frame. Yes. Um. Yeah, I want to try and read this in trade to see if it reads better, yeah. because Zadarsky is a good writer, and I don't know if I believe that this book just sucks. Right? It's kind of surprising <laughs> that this is coming from Zadarsky. Yeah. So I'm wondering if, when it's finished, when it's all done, I'm just going to power read the 18 issues and see if I enjoy it more. Yeah. So this came out... Uh... May uh, 25th and our next issue isn't until July 6th like we're not it's not even a month later it's like uh, a month and a week six yeah. weeks or yeah six five weeks, weeks. yeah, yeah. kind of weird yeah I don't have a lot to say about it really yeah. it has some cool ideas and like I'm interested in this map yeah 
but unless just, they do something crazy that's going to wow me, I think I'm going to forget this series as soon as I'm done reading it. Yeah, and I, it's a shame we're saying that, but I do agree completely. Yeah, so I don't know if we need to say anything else about it. I mean, this issue was like maybe a seven and a half. A s- seven. That's a lot higher than I would yeah. rate it. I was going to give it a six. Yeah, seven then. <laughs> All right. Okay, Tyler, why don't you tell us about Newburn? Since you clearly want to. So. And before you do, just look at the meme I posted. The fact that you took the time. (laughs) Honestly, share that on Reddit. That's a good meme. Yeah. Genuinely, it's a good one. Yes. So, uh, your criticism is valid. 16 pages is frustrating. I mean, especially since I'm paying $4 for a a comic book and I'm not reading the back matter. Um,. This should be given an extra eight pages of main plot because I am engaged by these characters. I think Newburn's really cool. I'm curious about what's going on with every single side character. Uh, I think that this could be a really successful, amazing story. And I think that this story arc currently is proof that this is actually conceptually just as good as I knew it was going to be. Um, this is the continuation from the previous issue's plots revolving around um, his assistant, uh, basically her Watson. What's her name? Emily? Yeah. So the back matter origin of her and why she left the police force and never finished the academy is continued on to here. And she actually ends up interacting with the cop that she helped cover up the murder for. Uh, and is inside of a police station trying to go towards uh, Sabra's um, wife, essentially, uh, to ensure that she's protected. But this cop has sold her out and is moving in to set her up as a uh, patsy. Uh, And Newburn is doing all of his investigative work to uncover what's going on, who sold out who, who is being sold out. Um, by that you mean he solves it in between pages off panel and then it's like aha I did it actually he does do a a straight up interaction with a person it is seen on panel but how he gets to that person I forget I think that happened in the previous issue but I can't remember how he got to the guy Um, I don't even think we saw him last issue I think like we only saw him like from the guy's point of view last issue Newburn and Emily they didn't really see him yeah I mean I am wondering what the motivation here is to even have the back matter in this because I haven't read a single one of them. Have you? I have. No. I mean, uh, the first one me, didn't does... tie into anything. It just kind of adds That's a little flavor, about. a little spice to the the world they're living in. But it's I don't because know what the Jacob Phillips with. can't Jacob Phillips can't keep up with the art schedule, so that's why the issues are sixteen pages. And they need something to fill the extra five right. or six pages. Tyler, tell me for this issue, uh, were there any Emily's journals or just like the year? Yes, there was one uh, one page of Emily's journal, uh, and it was for next month, uh, the sixteenth, I believe. 
and or I'm sorry, not next month, uh, July. Uh, so it is a little ahead, but it seems to follow that same pattern, except this time instead of her journaling about Newburn, it's about this old cop and you know why um, she feels the way she does. It definitely is digging more into I'm gonna journal about my feelings in the moment rather than my journaling about Newburn. Yeah. Um, There's an interaction between Newburn and Emily where they're at a bar, and I like it because it's very easy to have something be like that Riverdale, like you don't know what it's like to experience the American football because blah, 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 you know, really bad writing of just character interaction. It would be easy even for the best writers to do something like that. But this one actually had Newburn and Emily interacting, and he explains, you know, why he has her around when he literally just got someone for a crime that she basically did uh at least eerily similar to he explains why he left the force uh and the back matter of like why he even got joined in with the mob families in the first place i find myself conflicted because i am aware that the reason why i'm still reading this is heavily to do with the fact that these characters are successfully being written in an interesting manner and in interacting in a way that is moving the plot along. I do recognize that 16 pages is very little for a comic book, but I'm asking myself, am I going to judge a comic book based on the length of this, or am I going to judge it based on how much I'm enjoying it? Because honestly, I'm really enjoying it. Okay. You know, I mean, I don't think that this is even anywhere near a C-grade comic. I think this is still moving along in a way that I really want more of, and maybe that's why I keep going back Isn't to it. it. We had, we had a few issues where like he just kind of jumped to the solution in between pages, and we didn't see the detective work, and I was just kind of like, I'm not really getting any satisfaction out of this. Like, I'm not solving the mystery with him, looking at the clues that are there. I'm just kind of reading it, and then two pages that he's like, "Oh, I solved it. It was the guy's son, accidentally." I see what and you're saying. I don't know. No, I mean the first two or three issues definitely had a lot more of that um, working with him. I feel like things, stories such as the Good Asian, really succeeded in letting us see what um, the main character is seeing. You know, yes. in this case with uh, Porn Sack, Pitcher Show decided to. Uh, organize the way that um, I'm terrible with names with characters. What was his name from uh, Good Asian, Josh? Eddie uh, H. Eddie Edward Hark Edison Hark. Yes. Hark would look at something and it would be highlighted by a little orange box. In the first couple of issues of Newburn, yeah. you know there would just be a panel of Newburn looking at something. You're, th <clears throat> you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, what is That's that? That probably important. means something to him. It's relevant. Yeah. It, you're, you're deducting it from that point. I, th I personally think that that was still a success in the issue where the uh, police union organizer has that interaction with Newburn. I thought that was really well done. But the thing is, nothing that you're complaining about, Sean, is invalid whatsoever. All of the things that you have a problem with are there. Those are problems with the storyline, and it is missing from this. If this had what you're asking for, I think that this could be an A-plus comic. Yeah. 
and I do think it needs story to stretch out over multiple issues. 100%. So you have that kind of cliffhanger before the reveal. Yeah. Um, Josh, you typically read the back matter. You usually notice some of the little things here. You didn't read this issue, but looking back on the previous issue, what is it that you would say is a motivating factor that would either counter Sean's point or reinforce his points? Something that would uh, pivot one way or another as far as this, you know, lack of audience participation or... Uh, something about... Agree with me or you're off the show. <laughs> I don't feel strongly either way. Uh, I think what the stories are trying to highlight is that Newburn works outside of the uh, outside of the law. He doesn't work with the police or for the police. He kind of works for the mob. And the stories that we are being told are about people also having to work outside of the law. In -hmm. the first story, it's, you know, one brother faking a uh, robbery of his store and the two brothers kind of coming to terms, not involving the police. And in the second story, uh, a girl, uh, her girlfriend is killed and she's basically having to work outside the law to figure out how to deal with the person that they think killed her girlfriend because that guy is still kind of present I I guess Mm. she kind of takes the story to uh, I think the lady was a detective uh, and she kind of gets rebuffed like we need more than this so she's having to work outside the law on her own to uh, get the justice that that she thinks she deserves that needs to be doled out and Mm -hmm. This issue has, I, I think I've read two or three parts. This issue is part four, I think, and the next issue has the final part of this story. Mm-hmm. I think that if they moved away from the single case a book format, that this could be yeah much better because if we are going to get those 16 pages fine but don't like have us solve everything within those 16 pages you know as as engaging as it is carrying that out for a five issue start yeah. story arc is not an issue because yeah. we'll have if a it was case two passes, have a more overarching we, case at the same time yeah if we, we just, had like two parters it would basically equate to us having one like 32 page yeah. issue mm-hmm. uh which would give us a nice full story. We really need that connective tissue between each of the issues to show that there is a larger overarching story going on. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised, honestly, because Zadarsky is not a bad writer at all, obviously. But, it I mean, is, with it is his Stillwater... Is it? Do we think he's just not very good at creator-owned work? Maybe he's just too busy. Same as Phillips. Well, I mean, at this point... Because what what creator-owned work have we actually enjoyed by Zadarsky? I mean, I still Kat really Tara. enjoy Newburn for what it is. I haven't read that. I haven't read it either. Um, I've heard very good things about Public Domain on his substack, but I haven't got around to reading it yet. His silver coin issue so was kind of whatever for me. Uh, sex criminals? Yeah, the pacing was just very bad he only did the art well he actually did some co-writing on an issue okay 
But, but it was still Matt yeah, Fraction. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Matt, he works with Matt Fraction. You know exactly what I'm going to say. Crossover. Yeah. Crossover number seven. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah. But he was just writing himself. He wasn't having to come up with new characters. Silver yeah, but maybe that's something one. that he's... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's something that he's trying out and isn't doing uh, as successfully. You know, he's not just the comedy guy, obviously, but I think that he could do a damn good job doing something like this if it had comedy elements as well. I feel like if you gave it... Yeah. I would like to see him do something that is like reminiscent of Thor Ragnarok. There's a lot of really heavy plot points. There's really interesting Daredevil things that happen. Ragnarok. There's a lot of oomph. You know what I'm saying? But there's still a lot of a, com a lot of comical elements to it. I feel like yeah. he could do a really good job with that. Yeah, maybe it is him coming into uh, established properties that he's doing good at. You guys like the Daredevil run. I enjoy... Yeah, his Daredevil run is Batman one of the night. best ongoings at the minute. Yeah. All his, like, company work seems so high quality. Yeah. Eisner Award winning issue 300 of Friendly Neighborhood. Or yeah. Peter Parker and it's, it's not like It's not like Zadarsky, where, uh, sorry, it's not like Donny Cates where he has a lot of good stuff and then a lot of misses or some misses. Zadarsky, I can't think of like a company book of his that I haven't enjoyed. What was that the Shadow of the Spider or some Spider Shadow? Oh, it wasn't bad. I just didn't like some of the creative choices there. And same with the um, life, life story, story yeah. Spider Man. Yeah, life story was depressing. Yeah, it could have been better though if it followed what actually happened more. Instead, you had like Craven with the symbiote and Eddie Brock as part of like this weird task force thing. I didn't really mind it that much. I don't know. Let's hope that his Batman run is going to be more satisfying than what we're getting right now. Maybe that's what he's really just been yeah. building towards. Maybe a lot of focus has been going towards that because since he started Newburn, I mean, that's been the announcement that he was taking over. So, yeah, maybe. Yeah. What else? Anyway. Anything else to write home about, boys? Um, did you give us your rating for New Bird? I mean, if you want me to give one, I mean, like I said, I'm still enjoying it. I think it's 8.5 for right. me. Uh, I still think it's really good. I, I definitely agree, agree with all of the talking points here. I'm not reading the back matter at all. <sighs> Maybe I should actually lower the rating since I'm not reading the back matter because I'm actually just not participating you in You can that. now only rate out of 5. <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eight, actually, because I'm just not reading the back matter. Yeah. I'm missing out on a good like five pages of the book, so yeah. You know. All right. Uh, I'm gonna skip in line here, and we can uh, talk about saga number fifty-nine right here. Not a lot to write home about, but yeah. it definitely was interesting to see. All right. The one thing I wanted to say is that, like, it finally clicked that uh, I think this guy, I forget what his name is, but he's basically Sweet Tooth all grown up. Oh, interesting. Because he's dealing out candy bars as drugs. <laughs> well, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, huh. I wonder if that's intentional. Yeah. Other than that, I don't. I don't know if there's much more to say. I just wanted to make that uh, sweet tooth joke. My dog is dreaming. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, I'm not sure that there was much more to say about SAG at 59. It was kind of an intermediary uh, comic. Like, we're moving I, from issue I to will issue. say... Yeah, I, I will say that it's nice that we're finally getting back on track with the organization, you know, hunting down yeah. uh, the family and everything because we really went off from that for a while there. Not a complaint, but it's definitely refreshing to have them get back to that point. Yeah. I think it's interesting now. So I've said this before. It definitely feels like BKV, you know, where he strayed off from the main plot from Why the Last Man to kind of go in to do some other things and then eventually develops right back into what the actual story is. And I think that's kind of what's happening now. But the difference is that this is much lengthier than Why the Last Man, so I'm curious to see how this we're, is going to go. Yeah. We, we've reached just, I think, Why the Last Man was 60 issues. 60 issues. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we've reached about the same length here, but we're going to go to about 104, mm. something like that. Um but this issue this is, is just more mean. about the kind of breaking up of the groups and forming new groups yeah. out of people, launching themselves onto the next adventure. I'm wondering how much more we're going to get some of the other characters that are being hunted because the trans character that yeah. fell in love with uh, Prince Robot is uh, mentioned previously, so I definitely want to yeah, see her come issue. back. Yeah, uh, as well um, as... Uh, Marco's mom. I think they also had a uh, tracking on her. Yeah. I'm going to call this out really quick because I think that you might agree with me. The end portion where the secret agent shoots and accidentally kills the fish yeah. and says, oh, my bad. I really liked that sequence because to me, yes, it's comical. Yeah. But I also feel like it's a commentary on the collateral damage that happens yeah. in this yeah, yeah, storyline. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a lot of... I, I don't know if it's just supposed to be about the uh, Iraq war... Iraq war or war in general about somebody, you know, being allowed to come over because, you know, they were helpful to us. Like, we used you and you were helpful, so now you can be here, but you didn't exactly do everything quite by the books and so we need mm -hmm. you to you know do your thing again you know provide some intel mm -hmm. but also we're gonna you know take you out because you're doing illegal things so you know we got yeah. you kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place and through no not really any fault of your own today this is the end for you yeah it definitely strikes me as uh, no matter what systems are put into place for people to move forward, there's still going to be that systemic prejudice that is going to come along. There's still going to be a system in place, whether it's in the foreground or not, in this case it's in the shadows, that is going to go out of its way to wipe out the yeah. unwanteds. And yeah. that is A guest harsh. of our all-too-welcoming world. Mm -hmm. Um... I mean, other than that, I thought it was, uh, you know, like I said, a really good issue, but it definitely wasn't anything else to write home about, I suppose. Yeah. Um, anything you wanted to add? No. No, that's cool. just a real quick thing about that. Uh, probably an eight for me. Uh, I think I'll go higher and say an 8.5. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I said, a lot of these issues were 
decent, but there weren't like a, there was no high point. It was all kind of flat. Yeah, uh, a lot of this week has kind of felt that way, and we've successfully moved two hours into the yeah. podcast of us just uh, talking about stuff that was kind of light this week. So we did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, any shout outs for you guys? Um, well, I think we can still maybe mention uh, Action Comics. Uh, I mean, once again, it's not anything too great, but I mean, we got Federici doing almost all of the art here except for mm -hmm. uh, a couple pages and that was um, I had his name was it uh, Will Conrad yeah or yeah. Dale Eaglesham yeah. uh, I think it was Conrad oh sorry I was thinking about up. Lee Lowridge I think he's the colorist yeah colorist was Lee Lowridge yeah Will Conrad did a couple pages, and then he did the 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 back matter part, uh, which actually added something. That was added benefit yes. to the story. Basically, the myth of the Mongol is what it's called, and it talks about the start of uh, how the war zone started, how the first Mongol came to be. Yeah, and that's why I messaged you guys the other day saying, it's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson this time. Yeah. <laughs> To make sure you did actually read oh, it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, up until now, everything that has been the uh, back matter added on story has no bearing or relationship just, to the comic yeah, that it's in. Very random stuff. Uh, but if I got but more of this, I would be Martian super excited Manhunter? about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's writing them all going forward. Um. I've been seeing a lot of Superman chatter online, and people are making references to All-Star Superman uh, and this now. And I think that that's totally fair, because I think that this is one of the best Superman stories I've ever read. And I want to read a lot more Superman, but I definitely feel like this is a highlight of this character. You know, this is him really shining at some of his brightest, and I am really, really happy that he yeah. took over this uh <clears throat> comic book if you'd asked me which character i wanted to see a fantasy epic story with he wouldn't have been my first yeah. choice no i would not have guessed um, it at all superman i would have said aquaman wonder woman yeah um i think maybe even a green i Martin. think this yeah. issue does have its faults but by the time i got done reading i was like oh my god was that like 30 pages of comic not yeah, not including right. the back matter part but it was it was 22 pages but it was so dense, it felt like 30 it pages was very or dense. something like that. Well, I mean, I hope that they make it feel dense, because it's $5 a fucking issue now. Yeah, but still, like, to be able to fit 30 pages of material into 22 pages versus, like, having, you know, 20 pages and not getting a full story. Yeah. It, it's a lot. I mean, especially when you're getting... Uh, 18 pages or so of Federici and like four pages of Conrad. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know who did the last couple of pages. I don't know where it switches back. Uh, yeah. I don't know either. <clears throat> this uh, old run, I'm not familiar with. I'm not sure if you are. Uh, these pieces. Um, 
It's almost like the. Uh, I think this is new. Yeah, it's almost like the Infinity Gems. Yeah, I got that vibe from it. That really caught me off guard. I didn't. I really didn't anticipate that kind of fantasy element to this storyline. But I have no issues with it, honestly. Um, yeah. Did we find out who this hooded figure is? No, not yet. I maybe we should have no, been able but to. We know who it is decipher who it is but for right now i have no idea it's cyborg superman isn't it uh, i mean i thought so but it's not been revealed i think um we saw him in that annual and he had like he was like hooded mm. josh didn't pick it up because he didn't think it was relevant okay mm. i didn't know or was it that one he didn't pick up or was it the house of l one shot i can't remember there was one he didn't pick up that we told him to but he didn't anyway this is so this coming week we've got the uh, annual coming up so I'm wondering if this is going to dig more into this uh, prophecy alright uh, what's which annual is this is this Asher Comics annual yes alright then probably I, I'll, I'll take yeah. a look at it um, I'll send you a link for the one from last year that was the one with um, Cyborg Superman a whole year ago because I know there was one of the Philip Kennedy Johnson issues you didn't oh. pick up. The one I've just sent is the issue coming out. How this is this week. Mongol Secret Origin? And then we got Mongol Secret Origin here too. The heck, man! Um, because there's many Mongols. Yeah, there are Mongol among all Mongol among among a many, Mongol, the many of the first a Mongol of the Mongol. You know, I uh, I have the Alan Moore issue of Superman annual uh, for the man who has everything uh, and going back and rereading that it's interesting to see this interpretation of Mongol uh, the new version that is the Mongol that is versus the Mongol that was but um, it's very clear that they wanted to make sure that this Mongol is a different type of villain for Superman before you know because previously that big giant who wants to torment that's still characterized here but it's definitely enhanced you know with this new slave world with this almost cult-like religious elements to it and i don't really think that that's been done before with mongol because warworld has been around but it wasn't really characterized that way in like the new 52 for example right. um i don't know it's it's been interesting to see I I really just wonder how this is going to go because I can't make a prediction on how this is this storyline is going to end at this point, you know? I don't know. It seemed like I didn't see it going on much longer, but now we've got these infinity stones. Yeah. Well, this is things, part one. Yeah. Parallels this is part one of the story. In, yeah. Yeah, it does feel like that. No, it it literally does say part one. No, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, War World Revolution Part 1. That was this issue. Yeah. This is the second part of the World World Saga. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is like... Yeah, so this is the beginning of the second story arc of the World World Saga. I really liked... yeah. the choice to have Superman like reading that text on the wall and being like, you're reading it. He's reading it in the opposite direction. He doesn't know what he's saying. Well, he's seen enough I languages didn't realize... to start to instinctively know other languages that he hasn't seen before. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't really notice the parallels between Superman and Moses. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Yeah. Especially Let when it's like broken down in this story. Go. A family. <laughs> a family saves a child's life by sending him away in a ship. He's discovered by another tribe, becomes a great hero, one day finds his own people again and frees them from the Oh my god, life. I thought that was supposed to be about Oedipus. Holy shit, you're totally right. And you know what? That actually makes a lot of sense because Siegel and Schuster were Jewish. But obviously the freeing people from slavery thing didn't happen until like this story arc. Interesting. Oh. But yeah, I guess I didn't notice how often the child being sent away and raised by another family, how common that trope is in storytelling. I'm sorry, I shouldn't call religion storytelling, should I? Because it's true. It can be both. <laughs> I mean, look, I'll, I'll be the first to say that I'm I'm openly atheist and don't believe a single thing that's any religious yeah. whatsoever. I always think I'm back trying not to, to uh, listeners. Book of Eli. Do you guys know that movie? Yeah. Gary yes. Oldman, where he's basically like, it's not a book, it's a weapon. Uh, that that idea has come up has come up uh, in a lot of things that I've watched or read uh, in the past I don't know decade or two. Yeah, I mean it's not untrue. Yeah, shall we do ratings? Yeah, this was like an eight point five. Yeah. Out of all of the other kind of meh comics i guess this kind of rose above all of them even though it is well this is 8.5 or 8.75 this week yeah and as well this didn't really wow me this was very much just like the next part of the story it wasn't a perfect comic there were some pages that were like i don't exactly see what's visually going on here like when they attack teacher the whole fight there is kind of just a mess Mm. it wasn't um, it wasn't Federici's best work. It was definitely explosive, and that yeah. might not have been the best choice for him. Yeah. I'm kind of annoyed we didn't get him drawing the pages about the stones. That was a little weird, but I feel like that's because this artist is probably going to be the artist on the annual, right? Um... Well, we'll find out when you talk to us about what's coming out next week. Um, I guess I would rate it about an 8.5, 8.75 as well. Yeah. I think that that's fair. This yeah. was the first comic I read from my stack, so, I mean, I was definitely like, yay, it's going to be a good week. And then everything else was kind of like, yeah. eh. That wasn't the ones that I, I jumped on first. I, I jumped on Saga, Batman Beyond the White Knight. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah, we we briefly mentioned that as well. That issue came out this week. Um, I'm kind of falling off the series, it's, honestly. It's still- I feel like next issue I is going to be a big issue. The, uh, I felt like this was the best issue yet, like the most even issue. Yeah, but like three issues in, and that's the most even issue. I don't know if, how many issues is this series. Eight, I think. Something. Oh no, wait, it's ten because this is going to be the uh, the most he's done. Uh, yeah. The previous ones were eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean there there are interesting things that happen in this issue, and I I am getting used to. Uh, uh, Wow, I can't even think of his name. Uh, the Joker. Uh, what's his alter? Jack Napier. Jack yeah, Napier. Jack. 
I, I am getting used to Jack and Bruce playing off of each other. I think that's becoming more natural uh, as the issues go on. I I loved when he called him his best friend. Ugh. He was like, my best friend and my ex. All I could think of was friends when it was like, my best friend and my <laughs> sister. <laughs> and he goes from being like really angry to like really happy. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting a little bit burnt out with this uh, world. I don't really... I think one of the things I liked the most about Batman Beyond was the fact that Bruce was old and, you know, here he's still capable of jumping around in the city. I don't know. I just don't think that this is working as much as I wanted it to. Yeah. I'm still liking it. I think the... uh, It's not... You go ahead. I was just going to say, it's not the best of the White Knight stuff. Yeah. uh, I'm kind of wondering if any of the White Knight stuff is as good as I remember it at this point. Yeah. I reread it last year and it is very good Uh, still. The the kind of distilled story for Derek Powers, uh, I thought this was a really good, like, how he came up story that they were able to distill into basically two pages. Like, a kid following his dad into Wayne Enterprises, uh, working with Freeze, realizing that Freeze was, you know, had been a Nazi, uh, breaking out on his own, and then eventually coming up again in the Wayne Enterprises making things his own and mm. discovering that Batman, that Bruce Wayne was Batman in just like a couple of months. Yeah. Is Sean Murphy the first person to have the balls to make the bad guy Israeli? Uh, is Powitz an Israeli name? Is that what... Oh, he moved here from no, Israel. They say, they say he, yeah, from they Tel say Aviv. he escaped from Tel Aviv. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because <laughs> everyone seems scared to call them the bad guys. <laughs> Definitely not a good government. Mm. Um, anyway, let's not talk about politics. Alright, uh, how about Duke taking on the, uh, was he Red Robin now? Uh, was it Red Robin or just Robin? I mean, I either way, know, it's kind of nice. The suit's cool, but I don't know if I like it. I'm extremely mixed on it. I mean, I really thought I think Duke it might was, be... ended up, was going to end up being a Robin anyways, so I was really surprised when he became the Signal. Was... You're a little old to become the Ro- become Robin, aren't you? I think that I think that's a really cool design for like Jason Todd or something. Yeah. Not Duke. Yeah. Eh. I don't know. Or well, maybe not Jason Todd, but like, I don't. I it's, would like to see that on a different... You want something more mature style. for him. He should, that should be Tim Drake's costume. Yeah, I was expecting a nude, like, signal suit. Yeah. Like, yellow and... Yeah. I don't know. I honestly prefer that he's wearing the Robin costume than that ugly yellow suit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, I would take this over that. But it's not good. So... All right. Uh, the thing I wanted um, to mention was in the back where uh, Sean Murphy basically says, "Hey, what's up with Bruce and Harley?" I I didn't start off writing them as a you know couple or anything like that, but I've gotten so much mail about people shipping Bruce and Harley, or the staff being like, "Are you sure you're not trying to set them up or something like that?" Uh, because it's you know revealed that they were married, but just so that they couldn't be forced to uh, testify against each other. Oh, a husband and yeah. wife can't be tried for the same crime. You yeah. guys know Arrested Development. I um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of got that uh, impression from the previous run as well, but I really was hoping they were not going to go in that direction because I just don't think it is makes yeah. sense. I don't know. So I think he's like, yeah, I am kind of teasing the will they, won't they. His wife, Katana, uh, writes romance novels. The ending of the oh, book isn't okay. finished, so I'll have to see your reactions in each issue as they ship to your LCS. And he goes, ship. I mean, alright, funny. He's like, that wasn't right. my intention. They were just supposed to be friends, but, you know, people have kind of started to convince me, maybe. I am going to, I've said this before, I'll say it again, I don't think that the audience should have very much say in what happens in stories. Yeah. Agreed. <coughs> he suggested that he might do a uh, uh, spin-off with her and Poison Ivy, something like Batman White Knight presents Harley and Ivy. I'd be fine with yeah. that, as long as it's better written than the Harley Quinn book yeah. was. Eh. Yeah. Uh, I'm I mean, a little bit over I it. like this world. Yeah, he's like, people kind of called me a boomer when I didn't know uh, what ship was. Yeah. I mean, I only just discovered the definition like last year, so. Yeah. Okay, that's surprising. <sighs> well, I, I understood. I feel young again. After all my back pain all day, I finally feel young again. Thank you. <laughs> I understood the context and the way it was used, but I didn't understood that it meant, they meant like yeah. relationship shipping. I was always like, "Why are you? What is shipping? Like they're sailing somebody away." It was very strange. Uh, but now I, I feel like yeah, a boomer, I, so thank I you. I figured that would have been a term you'd come across a while back, uh, being so deep in different uh, <laughs> shows or fandoms. You, you seem like you were very active on Tumblr. I did have a Tumblr. Yeah. How do you not know what shipping means then? I had to hop off because I hate the people that are on it because they're all incredibly toxic <laughs> and insane. Yeah. And they want to like shut um, down part people of the, for uh, not making Arrow their characters like furries and relationships. Do Do you want to know why Arrow got so bad? That's what I just said. Were you part of the Arrow community on Tumblr? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't hear you say that. Yeah. Sorry. All right, Jesus. Yeah, Mark Guggenheim literally, like interacts with our fans on Tumblr and no other social media. <sighs> Alright. Um, okay. Last um, thing. Anything else? The last thing I got is uh, Rogue Sun number four. Oh, it's, the colors are coming in weird on the screen. It doesn't look quite... Oh, that looks yeah, nice. It kind of looks... It's very yeah. bright. Uh, big shocker. Big shocker at the end. Nobody saw this coming. Is that no, sarcasm? it's not. I can't... Oh. So I can't sarcasm okay. right now. Uh, kind of a lame issue, but big shocker at the end. I will catch up for the end of the yeah. arc. Alright, that that's it. Uh, I don't know if you have something um, else. I had... Oh, just brief updates on Shadow War, which Tyler didn't read because he's shit. Um, we have the identity of the fake Deathstroke revealed. It was Geoforce. Who? Um, the king of Markovia. Again, who? Terra's Terra's brother. Wow. Why? Why is Deathstroke he, he always was... getting involved with Terra and her family? <laughs> He's he was getting revenge for Terra by like 
trying to assassinate or tr- trying to set up you slept with my sister he was, all, to die. He, he was also in he was also in season 3 of Young Justice I quit a new season quit of Young Justice oh and also I think there's it? a season 4 out right now I was Ooh. I was at a local pizza shop and I saw three. somebody watching it on their uh, iPad the other day. Um, and also, Talia's assassins attacked Slade and Respawn died. Second half of and he hasn't respawned yet. Second half of season four came out March thirty first, so it's there's already been first half came out last October. Yeah. Anything else you're rich on? Uh, no, it's just those few updates. Okay. Uh, I mean, you saw all the stuff that I read. We mostly talked about it, so we're good to go. All right. I got some um, breaking news right here. The, uh, what's up? The folks that are writing the screenplay for Craven the Hunter are Art Markham and Matt Holloway, who have done, who were, uh, they wrote the scripts for Iron Man, which is good, but they also wrote the scripts for Punisher Warzone. Transformers The Last Night, Men in Black International, and Uncharted. They also came in for rewrites of Morbius. <laughs> you just gave me diarrhea. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much how I feel as yeah, well. So I've got high hopes for this movie. Cause he's got high hopes. All right. Well, let's talk about picks of the week. Uh, uh, it's got to be action yeah. comics. There was really no, no other competition. Right. Um. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Just we are unanimous. It is agreed. It has been Set decided. In stone. <laughs> okay. So this coming week we have. Um, a lot of books. Oh no! We have a Batman Annual, which is the part one of the Batman Inc. story written by Ed Brisson. Mm. We have Action Comics Annual written by Cy Spurrier and Philip Kennedy Johnson. Mm. And this is telling a one of the writers is telling a Superman story, and one of them is telling a Mongol story. Okay. Um, in this annual, we'll explore how our combatants have evolved over the years to represent the beacons of hope and tyranny that they embody now, and witness the first chilling chapter of their ultimate final battle. Okay. I gotta get it, I guess. Um, it's written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Josh. I know. I, need to. I have to get it. Um, we have The Nice House on the Lake, number yeah. nine. We have Road to Dark Crisis because apparently having a zero issue wasn't good enough. God damn it. But Josh, Dan Jurgens is working on it. Ooh, what? Shut up and yes. take my money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this has a few different creators on it. One of them is Josh Williamson. One of them is Philip Kennedy Johnson. One of them is Jeremy Adams. One of them is Stephanie Phillips. So they got some talent in there. Um, we have something I know Josh is very excited for. We have the final issue of the arc of Alien, number oh, 12. Yeah. I'm not even sure I've read number 11 <laughs> yet. 
Um, number 11 came out April 27th. Oh, I, I'm sure I bought it. I just can't remember if I read it. Yeah, and number 10 came out March 2nd. So it's averaging like two months an issue. Yeah. Yay! It's taking a while to find all the reference photos yeah. to trace. <laughs> just in time for the uh, Predator series. Yes. Before they inevitably have a crossover. Yes, let this be our final battle. Predator's written... Yeah, Predator's written by Ed Brisson mm -hmm. as well. Um, we have Carnage number three. We have Shadow War Omega. We have Little... Or, not we. You guys have Little Monsters number four. Uh -huh. Weird. I don't see that on my um, list. Unless it's been delayed, maybe. But it's showing here. Um, we have the second issue of um, House of 92, the X-Men series. Yeah, no thanks. We have Firepower 21. Yep. We have the final issue of the first arc of What's the Furthest Place from Here. Damn, that took a while. Um, yep, number six. Number five came out. This isn't loading. I do not know when number five came out. Number five of what? what what's the furthest place from here? What's oh, the yeah. furthest place from here? You. Yep. March 16th. Jesus. Yeah. Um, we have the final print release of We Have Demons number three. Okay. We have A Righteous Thirst for Vengeance number eight. We have The Closet number one, the physical release of that. Cool. Um, we have the final issue of Step by Bloody Step, the Slicebury Silent book. Um, yeah, that's weird. We have clear number six, the final issue of Scott Snyder and Francis Manipal's Comicsology series. And that is pretty much it, I believe. Yep, cool. Unless you guys yep. have anything else? I am excited I mean, for I'm, Step I'm, by Bloody Step number four to see how that wraps up. And I'm always excited for I'm nice picking up magic. Lady. Yeah. I, uh... No, no, no one cares, Tyler. Fair. Um... I'm kind of curious about the cyberpunk book, but I don't know who this art author is, so probably not going to pick it up. Um, yeah, other than that, it looks like we're good to go. All right. I'm just surprised they decided to make more I know. comics about it after the shit show. I know, was. it's very strange. Yeah. Like, even if it's better now, it still was a failure of yeah. the game. Well, this is uh, being released by Dark Horse, right? Correct. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they were just I contractually believe... obligated to do it like we're gonna do so many comic series for you guys maybe we'll get them maybe. out eventually I believe the first expansion DLC expansion is out for that game soon yes a year and a half later um I'm I know yeah <laughs> I might get around to playing it eventually but I'm not that bothered at the minute don't worry about it I've been playing Elden Ring so <laughs> yeah like I heard they fixed bugs but was it actually that great a game i enjoyed it i think that it's a really fun game i definitely think they really they should have just taken another year to make it honestly and release it yeah so there's a uh well they were they already took like eight years they needed another before it released yeah. one more nine nine no games perfect. take eight years but uh dark Chef's horse Kiss. is also releasing a second uh assassin's creed valhalla series they did like a, okay. a series that was a yeah. run up to the release of the game, and now they're doing another kind of side story. <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
it's yeah, it's weird that we haven't had a game announced. We didn't have a game last well, year. We didn't have what we don't have one announced this year. Next month, and that should be where they announce the next one. I would say. Okay. Mm. Okay. I started playing Valhalla last week, and I finished the prologue, and it was just very slow. Yeah, yeah. it's a fun game, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's fun when I get to the fun stuff. It's yeah. just the beginning's very slow. It's like you have to just walk across this snow filled wasteland to get to this village. Oh, that's thing. like the beginning, man. You gotta like, jump way far yeah. ahead. What's wrong with you? That's what I said. I said I played the prologue. Yeah, but the prologue was just so slow. Then you've got to sail a boat, and the boat's really slow. Oh, you've got to sail a boat. Damn. Oh, no. I'll get there eventually. Eventually. All right, well, that's it. It's on the list. Uh, so you heard us talk about the news. You heard us talk about the books we read, our picks of the week, and all of the stuff coming out next week. This has been the Cult of Comics podcast. You can find us on anchor.fm slash Cult of Comics for our RSS feed. We're distributed to Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, all the podcast locations, thanks to Anchor. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube for our videos where Sean uploads those every once in a while. You can check us out on any of... I've just noticed Josh's name. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> Um, if you want to do monthly contributions to us and become our blood boys with, to self-sustain us, to keep us going, and to make sure that we have some financial contributions, you could go to patreon.com slash cultacomics uh, and make your con- monthly contributions there. Uh, we've included our uh, tier system updated, and you can also go to our anchor.fm RSS feed to make monthly contributions there. Uh, that's going to be it for now. You'll find us again next week. Same comic book time, same comic book place, and... Um, hopefully something will actually pick up for news-wise so we won't just keep merging these episodes. But uh, for now, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for checking us out. Have an awesome rest of your day. Stay safe. Later. Dash. 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 Dot. 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 The three of us are in a cult. <laughs>